So we're meeting with uh, various senators here in Washington, D.C. after the Anthony Fauci hearing this morning and the Department of Defense documents that we've released showing that he apparently lied in his testimony. Um, let me just say that I'm not suicidal. I love my life. headline news with resistance chicks we're your hosts leah and michelle so this week we had the honor of listening to <sighs> joe biden's state of the union address yeah it was, it was epic something. we had popcorn we streamed it live and trump tweeted along with us or truthed yeah tweeted truths whatever it was fun now afterwards though sarah huckabee sanders comes out kind of swinging with some truth bombs making people feel a little bit better about what they just witnessed of a pack full of lies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we've got a clip from that this week. Also, you knew it, I knew it, everybody knew it, but the FBI paying millions or billions, millions of taxpayer dollars to actually censor people. This is, I feel like it's treasonous. They should be hung for it. Yeah. Okay. Prob I can say that on Brighton. I, I think. I think else. you can. All right, guys. We got all those stories and and more after this break. Leah, I want to know what it says about our quote government when they have to spend millions of dollars to shut us up. You know, it's a really good question. Republicans are making good on their promises to. Uh, have plenty of hearings all year long we will have hearings and a lot can be said for you know at least getting this stuff out there i know for, uh, on my behalf i'm not expecting much because obviously we talked about this um we did a show this week mm -hmm. uh, because congress has uh brought forth a lot of the ex-twitter executives and questioning them on their relationship with the doj and the fbi and different things like that and here's the thing, if we had these super conservatives in the DOJ, then there might be some prosecutions, but you're not going to see the prosecutions because the FBI itself is, they're all in bed with each other. So it's all one-sided when it comes to the deep state. The deep state doesn't prosecute itself. Right. Okay. So with the revelations coming out, I actually kind of a little bit feel bad for the Twitter employees who are 
doing what the FBI is telling them to do. And you know what? If the FBI told me to do something, I would probably do it too because I don't want to go to jail. Here's the thing. I would be more afraid of the FBI being be on the bad side of the FBI than on the bad side of a partisan Republican or Democrat 100%. congressperson. 100%. Okay? Because while they can refer criminal charges, the DOJ has a right to refuse to take up those criminal charges. If the FBI refers to you for criminal charges, they're bringing you up in criminal charges. So the FBI is, is, is constantly barraging Twitter with Take down this account, take down this account, take down this account. And yes, they influenced the 2020 election. How can you not? The FBI influenced Twitter to 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 bag or to, to to put in a box that Hunter Biden story. Okay. There we learned so much this week. But as I'm sitting here watching the the the, the Twitter employees, they're taking orders from the FBI. Happily, but still doing it. Happily, but still doing it. Still doing it. So I want to roll this first clip just to kind of talk about how much money was the FBI actually paying Twitter to censor you and me. Go, go ahead and roll this clip. The Twitter files are just the tip of the iceberg because there's so much more. There was a corrupt revolving door at the highest levels between the FBI and Twitter. Look no further than Jim Baker, former general counsel at the FBI who helped unlawfully investigate Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Or look at Jim Comey's deputy chief of staff who became the director of strategy at Twitter. Isn't it true, according to the Twitter files, that there were so many FBI officials who then went to work at Twitter that that created their own Slack channel and crib sheet for onboarding? The Twitter files confirm that, correct? Correct. Are you aware as the American people are aware that according to polling, of the people that were made aware of the Hunter Biden laptop story, 53% would have changed their vote, including 61% of Democrats. This is the definition of election meddling, and it's the definition of election meddling by the FBI on behalf of Democrats paid for by the US taxpayers. It's collusion, it's corruption, and it's unconstitutional. I love that. Okay. I am so glad that that's what's coming after. I get they're just sound bites. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get that we may not see results, but somebody is saying the quiet parts out loud and it yeah. feels good. Yeah. You know, I am, I hate, I, I really do not like Sean Hannity, uh, but we had Matt Gates and Jim Jordan go on Sean Hannity and they were talking about the 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 FBI putting the gas pedal or the brakes on the presidential election. Mm. And Jim Jordan says, uh, I like to take the term that Professor Jonathan Turley used, censorship by surrogate. Here's a fundamental question. Why is the FBI sending a list of accounts to Twitter and telling Twitter, we think these accounts, we think these tweets violate Twitter's terms of service? Why are they doing that? If if that's not pressure, if that's not coercion to take down free speech, to take down political speech, I don't know what is. And that's kind of the essence of what we're kind of talking about here are your first amendment are your first amendment rights here. And people have said that Twitter is just a 
an arm of the government. I mean, this is we see this play out in China. We see it play out in Turkey. We see it play out. I mean, there's really no press in North Korea. But you in these tyrannical governments, they always control the press. They control free speech. There is no free speech. And so when your government is paying a, a company to, to decide what you can and cannot say, you're no longer in freedom. This is tyranny. Yeah, Matt Gaetz said, undeniably on the laptop story alone, but we are just starting to learn all of the different features of shadow banning and trying to shape political thought for people in this country. I just want an FBI that goes and stops the bad guys from committing the crimes and holds them accountable when they do, not an FBI and Department of Justice that's trying to shape the political thought of our fellow Americans. We know that the FBI went after just regular old uh, people, just, just your average Joe going to school board meetings meetings, wanting to know what is going on with their kids, what their kids are being taught. I have a few clips for you, and you guys are going to need to pull your kids from Disney and pull your kids from any sort of school, not just public schools, because I got a clip later on uh, here in a second you guys are going to, you guys are going to not be, be happy with. But, um, you know, there is, there is this, this twisting of kids' brains right now, Okay. And they, the FBI is twisting adult brains, mm-hmm. all right? And we are all malleable and made malleable by the public school system, okay? And they, we're, we are divergent. We have stepped out of the matrix, stepped out of the system. You guys listening are divergent. Yeah, but it's very interesting. Uh, Senator uh, Chuck Grassley stated Thursday that whistleblowers have suggested personnel at the FBI's Washington field office improperly closed alleged criminal conduct info related to Hunter Biden, who is a uh, a lawyer and former lobbyist turned artist. Grassley, yeah, that's right. Uh, Grassley, who spoke before the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. I love that there is a committee now. No, yeah, exactly. On the weaponization of the federal government. That's a pretty big deal, right? Relayed shady information from Senate whistleblowers about the FBI's apparent investigation into the Biden family. Among several allegations, Grassley said whistleblowers have told his office that FBI personnel at the Washington field office improperly ordered information to be closed by the FBI related to Hunter Biden's potential criminal conduct in October of 2020, just before the election, even though it was verified and verifiable, they had the laptop. They knew it was true. They, they, they buried it on purpose. The revelation of the FBI's, FBI's handling of alleged criminal conduct related to Hunter comes as Grassley believes former FBI point man Timothy uh, Talbot shut down a probe into Hunter's laptop that is likely unrelated to the ongoing criminal probe concerning reported tax fraud. Okay, so yeah, oh, we're going to go after Hunter for tax fraud. No, this is a really, he is legit using it, not just Hunter, this is uh, Joe Biden's brother and Joe Biden's uh, sister-in-law. They're all in on it, okay? Now, there was an, there's another article this week that came out that the FBI actually had a document leak against tra- radical traditional Catholics mm. and their possible ties to far-right white nationalism. Now, I know these um, right-wing Catholics, okay? Jack Posobiec is one of them, all right? Um they 
they're they're great people, but they're not white nationalists. So uh, Breitbart News reported the text was leaked last week, this week, by an FBI whistleblower and subsequently published by Kyle Serafin, who had been a special agent at the bureau for six years before he was indefinitely suspended without pay last June. Commenting on the leaked document, Serafin noted an unsubstantiated assumption that the a preference for the Catholic Mass in Latin mm. instead of the vernacular and a number of more traditional views on the uh, on other world religions can amount to an adherence to anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacist ideology. That is in the FBI report. But I want to know why anti-LGBTQ is linked with white supremacy or anti-immigrant or anti-Semitic. In response to an inquiry from the Catholic News Agency, the FBI said, it would remove the document because it does not meet our exacting standards. While our standards, standard practice is not to comment on specific allega- uh, uh, intelligence products, this particular field office product disseminated only within the FBI regarding racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism does not meet the exacting standards of the FBI. Well, now that's what my question on all of this. When you say anti-LGBTQ or anti-XYZ, whatever it is, mm-hmm. What does that actually entail? Because I can have a strong religious held belief that these things are wrong, right. but that doesn't mean that I'm going to turn into an extremist and go suicide bomb someplace, you know, drag queen story hour. Yeah. And we've proven that throughout the past, I mean, several decades since this came to the surface, we don't do what the radical Islamic terrorists do when they are anti-something. They are so desperate to blame things on white supremacists. That's their boogeyman. They're trying to create a boogeyman that does not exist. Um, Remember when uh, reports came out that like the Ku Klux Klan was like, I don't know, 60 to 70% just FBI agents or informants, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, They have found a gateway into what they think is a fringe Catholicism belief in order to move into Christians in general and to declare them to be the actual criminals in this country or the potential terrorists. And I will tell you where this goes to. This goes to Christian nationalism, Mm -hmm. to believing that this is a Christian nation founded Mm -hmm. on Christian principles. That's where this comes to. But is there, so when when it comes to radical Islamic terrorism, we have time and time again things to back up their ideology. We don't have a precedent that has been set by Christianity or even radical Catholics that will take violent action. Yeah, the whole document basically is written from the perspective of somebody who thinks there are significant abortion rights that need to be defended and also an LGBTQ agenda that has to be pushed down the American people's throats. And these are anti uh, against uh, Catholicism. So this is the this is the hunt for Christians. And um, this next uh, video we have for you is really pretty interesting because it ties in. Matt Walsh has been a vocal defender of children mm. in Tennessee where yeah. he lives. Yeah. And he has um, been meeting with Republican lawmakers to ban the transgender surgeries, the mutilation of children in Tennessee. And he was part of a whistleblowing um, pushing out the whistleblowing uh, of Project Veritas of a hospital that is making money at uh, cutting children's body parts off. Okay. So a Democrat legislature uh, thought that he had um, 
Matt Walsh cornered on some views that he had spoken about, like uh, historically people got married younger or blah, blah, blah. And at the end, Matt Walsh really flips it on the Democrat lawmaker. Let's take, let's take a look. Uh, I found it, uh, thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting. One of our uh, uh, people uh, testified today that they uh, had their gender affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog. At about 16, you're an adult who's mature and can make decisions. Uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says. Even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people. Uh, when you're 16, you should be married and uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh, a uh, an adult in your view. Uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de defined as 18? Uh, Mr. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a hit piece you took from Media Matters, uh, from something when I was a, a radio host. Uh, 13, 14 years ago, in my early 20s. Uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said. Um, I was talking about uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to, the, to this subject? Just curious of your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at 16, should. Well, uh, people are adults is... at 18. Uh, but actually, your, your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. So we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18. But certainly before 18, it's, it's absurd. I mean, do, do, you, do you think that a 16-year-old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed? Do, do you? No? We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not. It's. Uh, okay. Representative Hammer, you are recognized. There was a big sigh there. Like um, they didn't know how to handle that. Like, wait, no, 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 no. Just we we answer. ask the question. Don't answer. We ask the questions. You don't yeah. get to, you know, put us in a corner. Right there. Yeah. Well done by Matt Walsh. You know. Speaking of brainwashing children, and no, you don't get to cut children's body parts off. That's I would take it a step further though. Yes, children. We do not, you know, it's illegal to commit suicide in this country. Yeah. It actually, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know, don't quote me on this. If you were to cut your arm off, there may be some legal ramification to that. Well, I should hope so. At any age, if you need to start mutilating your body, it should at the very minimum be frowned upon by society. I would say illegal. Speaking of frowned upon by society, Disney has a TV show called Proud Family, and they have a segment basically brainwashing kids to hate America, to say that America was founded on slavery. I want you guys to see this. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, Four million, million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white, white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors, built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Banneker. 
Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs. To the northern bankers. To the New England ship owners. The founding fathers. Former presidents. Current senators. The Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman. Turner. Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. Okay. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. <laughs> Wow. Just wow. But here's the thing. Did you notice the subliminal brainwashing? Slaves build this. No, no, no. But like the the repetition. The the repetition. Once you hear something over and over and over again, slaves built this country, you're going to have a bunch of robots going around saying slaves built this country. Now it doesn't matter when you put the facts out there that say only 3% of people in the South actually owned slaves, that those who came here in the beginning, they didn't, is this, they, you remember the 1619 Project? Okay, Jamestown had slaves. Well, Jamestown didn't start out having slaves, okay? Mm-hmm. They came here for the glory of God and Jamestown failed and, you know, there, there was that. But the pilgrims came in 1620. And what was the difference between the pilgrims and Jamestown? Well, the pilgrims came with their families and when a slave ship came by, Plymouth, what happened, Michelle? They freed the slaves. And they arrested the captains. The other Puritans came. They didn't come. There was no sla- there were no slaves in New England. Okay. And then as a revival spread, a great awakening spread all up and down New England, there were seeds planted. Seeds planted in a General Washington, whose father did have slaves. In Thomas Jefferson, whose father did have slaves. And you know what they did in the Virginia legislature? They brought forth anti-slavery bills to stop the spread of slavery. Thomas Jefferson was one of the most outspoken opponents of slavery. So was George Washington. Okay. And you guys have heard of James Madison and Dolly Madison. Well, they all knew that they would lose their lot, their, their, their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor if they went down the path. Jefferson lost his fortune. Okay, James Madison, his wife, they lost their whole entire fortune because James Madison freed all the slaves. Okay, she literally was alone in a room and one of her former servants and slaves came and took care of her because she felt so bad for her because she didn't have anybody. Okay, imagine if Bill Gates or Elon Musk, because their businesses are built on the back of slaves, Elon Musk has electric cars and electric batteries that get cobalt from mines in Africa by people who are who are beat, who are whipped, who are basically a slave to the Chinese, but we don't see it, okay? Imagine if Elon Musk literally went bankrupt because he was so against slavery. Now, we could go in depth in this for literally a four-hour program, but one of the things I want to highlight from their little chant there was 40 acres and a mule 
We'll take the 40 acres. You can keep your mule. What does that mean? They don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the work. They don't want what to happen. You they were, they were supposed food. to get 40 acres in a mule right after uh, the reparation, excuse me, right after um, emancipation, the civil, the civil war. They didn't end up getting that. That was one of the biggest tragedies of our nation. But yes. the reason why they were to be given that was because on the backs of your own labor, regardless of color, yeah. you were going to be able to establish a life and have a livelihood I in am this actually nation. in favor of the 40 acres and a horse or a couple horses out yeah. west. 75% of all land out west is owned by the federal government. Yes. If we're going to do reparations, you're going to live off the land, you're going to farm it, and you're not going to just live, you know, and, and spend money and teach a man cities. to fish. Yeah. And you, you have food for a lifetime. I thought that that was the most telling part of that entire skit. So Keep um, your I'm, I'm actually glad that they put that in there. Like, that's my favorite line of that entire thing. So we've got so much more coming up right after these messages. I don't want you guys to go anywhere. Leah, what do we have on the other side of this break? Well, we've got Sarah Huckabee Sanders giving a beautiful response to yeah. Joe Biden's tragic State of the Union address. It was it was tragic. It was fun. There was yeah. a lot of laughter, some tears. And we have this week's best of Biden, Kamala, and Jill. Boom. It's going to be epic. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. You know, my favorite part about doing shows on Brighton is the fact that we can say whatever we want. Yeah, like there is. I don't have to censor anything. We we don't curse, well, so that's not even yeah, a, an I, issue. We just, basically, it's the way we used to do our show. Yeah, uncensored. I like, don't just, even think about like I, what can I not say? Because I'm a good person, and there shouldn't be anything I shouldn't be able to say. You bingo! Know? And we're able to do that because of places like the Brideon store. And I want to tell you guys, I absolutely love the products on the Brideon store. One of my hands down favorite products there is the Hawaiian astaxanthin. And I say this every week, but it's because it's my favorite product. It's the king of carotenoids. I found it like a duct tape. It reduces inflammation. There's a whole host of things that it does. It is a mainstay in our house for me. I take it every single day. And there's just so much. There's detox products. There's bee pollen. There's two Toothpaste, there's mason iodine. Yeah. I mean, anything that you could possibly want. And every once in a while, they've got the ranger buckets. They've got uh, pink Himalayan salt. I mean, you name it, it is there. The collagen uh, peptides are phenomenal. So I want you guys to be going to the Brideon store. Use promo code CHICKS. You will save 5% on your order there. And you will be supporting yeah. programs like this on Brideon TV, yeah. which if you guys are enjoying you don't have to donate. You don't have to give money. Just go and support Patriot companies like the Brighton store. Yeah, and you know that Mike has already gone through the product, so you don't They're have the to. They're the top quality. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're not going to get some sort of weird Chinese knockoff. Or something that's laden with chemicals. Yeah. You just can feel really good about what you're buying and what you're putting in your body. Speaking about a knockoff, you know who's a knockoff? Biden is a knockoff <laughs> president. He's like the Chinese version of a power tool that just doesn't work. He's not a real president. And his speech at the State of the Union was a knockoff mega speech. Yeah. Was it some not? Some of our viewers were a little bit upset. Tell them, tell them, what, you, tell them what you and I saw at the end of that speech. 
We saw, during the speech. We saw very clearly that he was taking all of these lines from Trump's mega speeches. Mm -hmm. He was appealing to conservatives and, and going after all of the things like the border. He talked about adding agents to the border. He was talking about reducing the debt by trillions of dollars. And like, well, you added that trillions of dollars in debt. I mean, all of the things that really mean something to conservatives, he was hitting and he was hammering. Yeah. And at the end of the speech, I'm telling you, and people were confused by my statement on this, hands down, it was Joe Biden's best speech that I've ever heard him give. Because he knocked off uh, Donald Trump. And other people were saying that, not just us. We were like, of course he had some left-wing things in there, but he didn't go full lefty. In um, a lot of his speech, he was. we were, we were wondering, okay, so what are you going to do about the fentanyl? He didn't really give any answers or options. Um, he stole Donald Trump's uh, lowering of insulin. Mm -hmm. He did not... Donald Trump lowered insulin and then, and they, then raised they, it back up. then they rescinded Donald Trump's you know why they did that so then so then Joe Biden can say I lowered it you raised it and then you're lowering it yeah it, this is this is the game that they play it, right and, uh, another thing to round off kind of my impression of the speech is he delivered it very well so they must have pumped him full of who knows what right even Tucker Carlson said he must have been on methamphetamines to be able to stay awake that long but but frankly it was his best speech he very briefly hit on the LGBTQ agenda he very they briefly pronounce it, really. hit on uh, Roe versus Wade and, uh, and 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 climate change that's it this was not a speech for lefties yeah. At all. It was 100% to appeal to conservatives. Yeah. And I would say, or I wouldn't say appeal to conservatives. I would say to that middle group. Mm. Uh, conservatives. Well said. People, I mean, because he said, I'm going to take your guns away. Yeah. True. Okay. Really? Right. Like nobody's going to be swayed like that. But he, those people in the middle, mm -hmm. um, and it's very strange because when Donald Trump says that they hate it, it Biden says that they like it. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave a really great response to the radical agenda that Biden does have. Well, he doesn't have it. He's just a puppet. But what I really enjoyed was this um, this small um, clip of her recounting a moment that she had with Donald Trump and the troops. And I remembered for a moment what it was like to be a MAGA when Trump was president. He is still is a he still is our president. But when he was the sitting president, uh, roll this clip. I think it'll make you smile. My husband, Brian, and I had just cleaned up wrapping paper that was shoved into every corner of our house, thanks to our three kids. When I had to walk out on my own family's Christmas, unable to tell them where I was going that night, because the place I'd be traveling was so dangerous, they didn't want anybody to know that the president was going to be on the ground, even for a few hours. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness. There were no lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. Our phones and computers shut down and turned in. We were going completely off the grid. Nearly 12 hours later, in the pitch black of night, we landed in the war-torn part of Western Iraq. It was again a similar scene. No lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. The only thing you could see was coming from about a mile away in a dining hall where hundreds of troops who were in the fight against ISIS had gathered expecting to celebrate Christmas with senior military leadership from around the region. They had absolutely no idea 
that the President and First Lady were about to walk into that room. And when they did, it was a sight and a scene and a sound I hope I never forget. The room erupted. Men and women from every race, religion, and region, every political party, every demographic you can imagine started chanting in perfect unison over and over and over again, USA, USA, USA. It was an absolutely perfect picture of what makes our country great. One of the young soldiers yelled from the back, Mr. President, I re-enlisted in the military because of you. Wow. I love that. It just reminded me, I was like, remember when we were actually like all Megan, everything was great and everybody, like these, those were the kind of stories that brought 40,000 people to a stadium. And I want you guys to keep something in mind. And as you go back and you remember, it's kind of like, a, it, it feels like, a marriage that was great and then you've had the divorce and it's like, I don't even want to remember the good, happy memories because it's been so bad. I would take a better stock of the past and where we are headed because the only reason why we experienced those four years with Donald Trump is because of God yeah. and God is not done with America. Amen. There is so much more ahead. Yeah. And I'm telling you between now and, and that solar eclipse that we keep talking about in 2024, I think that you're going to see something incredibly unifying exactly amongst the body of Christ and conservatives, and you are going to see a move of God like you could never imagine. So while that was kind of the layup to what uh, what is ahead, it's going to seem very small and insignificant compared to what we have ahead of us. So I want you guys to be encouraged that God is not done with America. He's not done with you and or your family. And this movement, we're just getting started. Yes. Okay? And we are going to use trial the power run. of God to take down the propaganda. So this Amen. next uh, video I have for you, we have the State Department Global Engagement Center uh, totally out out there admitting to being propagandists. And then you have somebody, uh, I don't know who the, the journalist is, who, who asked them a question about the West being a propagandist. And then the um, the State Department representative gets up and was like, you know what? I'm just I'm walking away right here. I I'm I'm not going to answer your question. Very telling. Let's go ahead and and watch this. There's another word for master narratives. It's called history. <laughs> Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And and you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it, and they have to do it to their own population, and I don't necessarily think it's that awful. And this idea of a, of a, of a uh, cart news cartel, I mean, I, I, I was editor of Time in 2012 uh, during that election, and I remember, you know, you're competing against cartels and everybody. I remember being on a panel with the then editor of the New York Times who said, it's really hard to break through these days. This is the editor of the New York Times saying it's hard to break through. I almost, I wanted to jump off the platform. Like, what's it like for the rest of everybody? So, I mean, there, there's no, I mean, there are cartels, but cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. The gentleman right there, last question. I don't think you want to address the history. 
hmm. in terms of understanding what happened in the world. Because what is happening in America is what I'm, the United States flipped on the global south and in the third world, which we live with for many, many years in terms of a master narrative that was, was and still is propaganda. You know what? I hate last questions. <laughs> Don't you? I never, I usually just want to end something before the last question. Um, but at any rate, I want to thank this fantastic panel here today. Um, and and I, I do want to say, I actually think, I mean, the talk about optimism. I mean, the optimism is all, is all of you there figuring out how to teach your students about this and using some of the techniques and some of the sources uh, that we've talked about here today. And I hope you're successful. Thank you very much. That's okay. embarrassing. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. No, I need to tell you who he is. Let me tell you who he is. Okay, so this is Richard Stengel. He is the founder of the State Department's Global Engagement Center, describes himself as the chief propagandist, and he was in charge of the Hamilton 68. Now, the Hamilton 68, uh, they, that was the source for stories claiming Russian bots pushed the terms like deep state or hashtags like fire McMaster, Schumer shutdown, walk away campaign, release the memo, Alabama Senate race, or the Parkland shooting. He had he literally had the Hamilton 68 trying to convince Twitter that these were Russian bots. And he was working for our State Department saying that when I hashtag McMaster, that was a Russian bot. Wow. So go ahead. No, I mean, my first and foremost thought is we've got a panel of four white people. Yeah. And you have clearly somebody of African descent, not just descent, an African. You have an African, yeah. a black guy sitting there saying to you, well, guess what? Government propaganda has been used against my people. What say you? And this guy's like, I hate last questions. Not going to answer it. Thank you all for coming. You know why? Because he, as a chief propagandist, he has to work on his lies. Yeah. So he didn't have the ability. You can, if I'm ask a question, I can answer your question. Yes. But he can't because he needs to go back home. It was like a computer and, and like, something. does not compute, cannot answer question. Thank so, you for coming. The Twitter files exposed this guy's Hamilton 68 as a scam. Y'all Roth, every time I say that, I think y'all, but he's like Y'all Roth. Former Twitter head of Trust and Safety said, Hamilton 68 accused legitimate American accounts of being Russian bots. There's no evidence to support their claim. This chief propagandist wrote an op-ed calling for the end of the First Amendment because of hate speech. He said, yes, the First Amendment protects the, quote, thought that we hate, but it should not protect hateful speech that can cause violence. Like so many other government disinfo experts, Richard Stengel can't stop promoting disinformation. He promoted the Steele dossier. He promoted the Russian collusion. He promoted 
Russian bounties. He promoted the fine people hoax in Charlottesville that got our our YouTube. We had a video that went viral. We had 165,000 views in less than 24 hours, and the ticker stopped. And then we were demonetized because. We were exposing the fact that Donald Trump said that there were fine people on both sides, that there were conservatives that went down that were supposed to be unite the right, and that these crazy weird guys with the slick back hair and the white t-shirts with the tiki torches, I've never seen them before, and I don't know where they came from. They, they went were to a costume a shop. You know what they were? That was chief propaganda. propaganda. They had the narrative set up. Uh, one of um, uh, Bill Clinton's ex-advisors had been on Alex Jones saying, watch out, there's going to be false flags. They're mm. going to try to set these conser- you guys up, yeah. conservatives up. Just watch out. And Charlottesville was one of those setups, so much so that people like Gavin McGinnis and even Alex Jones was telling um, uh, people, do not go, do not go. We don't know what's going on. And it was a uh, kind of a protest over the taking down of uh, monuments in the South, in right. Charlottesville. And suddenly these crazy white supremacists show up. We've never seen them again, right? We never really heard of this re- weird, rich Spencer guy with that look. So, anyways, he was behind these chief propaganda, uh, and he's admitting it. And so it just it it's it's one of those things that makes me it makes me feel like I'm in a dream and I'm screaming and nobody can hear me. I am so glad that this guy said the quiet part out loud. I am a chief propagandist. I don't have anything against propaganda, I'm actually for it because that is how we control the people. So when you see the Council of Foreign Relations, these elites literally see the rest of the world as a a, a, a clay in their hands to be molded, very malleable, like let us shape your thought pattern. Right. It's evil, it is satanic, and they're actually it, finally admitting it. They're too lazy to, to, to keep on their jeans anymore. They're unbuttoning so it after this, a big meal. This guy, the chief propagandist Richard Stengels, uh, worked with the DHS-backed censorship network to censor millions of social media posts on elections and COVID-19, which is exactly why I lost my first Twitter and then why I lost my second Twitter. Okay? And I had 175 followers now, but I'm going strong. Um, they use AI to systematically censor entire nar- entire narratives at scale. So here's the thing. The DHS outsourced censorship to the Election Integrity Partnership, the EIP, mm. comprised of four, four organizations, the Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public, and the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab and Grafica. Um, and then David Sachs actually explained how the establishment uses hate speech and disinfo as a, quote, red herring. It's not like we want more hate on the platform. We don't want the thought police at Twitter putting their thumb on the scale of American democracy. Elon Musk is right to call the State Department's uh, GEC a threat to our democracy, which he did on February 6th of this month. The State Department's chief propagandist, Richard Stengel, exemplifies why freedom of speech is a fundamental human right that must be defended at all costs. You know who has freed freedom of speech. And Elon Musk did say this. Wow, Stengel is explicitly saying that GEC is deceiving the American public. That's what propaganda means. What he forgot to mention is that GEC was used to sway U.S. elections. Bingo. And and, and it does work. It does work. The propaganda works, which is why this guy is saying he's very much for it, because it's very effective. Now, you know who has freedom of speech? 
Joe yeah. Biden, Kamala Harris. I they are free to speak, and we are giving them a platform here. All right, you guys right are going to see a compilation this week. Jill, you're going to see Jill kiss Kamala's uh, husband. I can't even. That's going to be my first clip. Then you've got Kamala up to bat, and you got Joe. It's a great compilation. We All right, love, let's take a look. We love you. Okay, so we've got Jill here. She's gonna go find Kamala. This is Kamala's white husband. Oh, oh, oh! Lock and load. Big old smell. Oh, oh, there we go again. Ten again. Again, slow mo. Dude. I will say this again. You don't kiss don't kiss people like that. Uh -huh. You aren't married to them. I'll speak in a moment about the fact that I think most of us who are devout public servants understand that we in government have great possibility in terms of the, the range at which we work as government. But when we are joined with our friends in the private sector, we can take range. advantage of the skills and the innovation that they so uniquely in so many situations are able to accomplish and grow. <laughs> what did she just Our say? meeting today oh includes God. not only the work that we intend to do going forward, but working together to talk about how we can measure the success we have had thus far and continue to improve on the work we've done. For many who were at the original table, you will know that it has been built into our approach that we will devise metrics and be very clear. And I thank the university and, and, and Michelle for the work that has been happening to help us articulate the metrics by which we will then measure our so success articulate. in real time, not waiting for years down the line, but in real time measure our success so that we can metrics, regroup, analyze where we are, and as necessary, improve our approach. Make no okay. mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of resilient jobs, I will veto it. Okay. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. Big you got it. Order. No fault. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. I don't know of oh. one that's changed. <laughs> I put that there. <laughs> that was Mikey's face. That was Mikey's face. Maybe a world leader later. who's who's changed places with Xi Jinping. I don't know of one. Actually. I have never met one. I I have never met one. But the idea behind what he was saying is uh, he's doing such a great job, and it's so hard that no one would change places. Back to the hecklers of the Republicans in that scene, which you didn't play there. Was he said, no, it's okay. It's okay. I no, love that was a different that was a different Oh, wasn't time. it? Yeah. He said, I love conversion. Yeah. Not conversations. He said, I love I love conversions. Yeah. You know, what is this football? Yeah. I don't know. So I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Now earlier Leah mentioned a clip that she's gonna play about um you gotta watch who's educating your children. That's gonna be on our second half, which you guys can tune into anytime next week or you know, whatever. I want you to stay on Brighty on TV because we love it. But we always do a show afterwards at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we are going to delve into so many more stories, including Project Veritas's James O'Keefe has been removed by his own board and is on paid leave. 
Because he was mean, Moss. Because he was mean. And everyone is up in arms about that. So we've got that. We've got some weird green lasers across the sky that might be Chinese. China, you don't get to control the skies like that and start beaming lasers down at Hawaii. All right. We've got that and so much more. Remember, you guys, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We love you. God loves you. God bless. We will see you every Friday right here on Brideon.tv at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for this week's latest headline news. Bye, guys. God bless. Guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's February 8th. No, it's not. It's February 10th. It's February 10th. I missed a couple days there. <laughs> it's February 10th, 2023. You know, there's somebody else experiencing some cognitive difficulties right now. Fetterman. Senator John Fetterman from Pennsylvania. Yeah, he had a, another stroke. Do you, do you think this would have happened to Dr. Oz? No, Dr. Oz was fit as a fiddle. Like, he legit was a healthy dude. Like, you can't, if you, if there, I have some issues with Dr. Oz, but his health was good. I don't rejoice over Fetterman being, um, and it's sad that that's where it's come to. Do you think, do you think that they like think straight? Like, are they, like, we got Joe Biden and Fetterman. You got the uh, health secretary who's like a he, she. Yeah. You know, like, gone are the days where it, now it's like, can you walk a mile? <laughs> All right, you're the president. No, this is actually really sad. Um, because like you were just saying before we came on, you're like, you know, are they going to try to put somebody in his place? You know, is this? No, a I do believe that. I do believe that they, that he's a patsy and they probably want to appoint somebody the same way with Joe Bi as Joe Biden. They did this already. Uh, and I say they as in Democrats with Woodrow Wilson in the satanic uh, evil horde yeah in his second for his second term he was like totally gone Goop, gone yeah so uh we're gonna talk about that uh there's another unidentified flying object flying over alaska <laughs> it's again it's a bird it's a plane it's a chinese spy drone or was it because they shot this puppy down already yeah and, and the kids cowboy was just telling us as he passed by he's like oh one of these puppies had english writing on it it was uh, reported that it might be it might have might have excuse me we better get our facts straight here yeah so we've got that and then a palace coup Towards James O'Keefe yes. of Project Veritas, his own people conniving against him to oust him from the company that he founded. We're going to break down those facts and so much more coming up. Was that that was my my Project Veritas? I you know how they get it was really a serious. Good James O'Keefe, this is really my James O'Keefe. All right, Fetterman, Fetterman, Fetterman. Uh, the New York Times. Has now published what 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 appears intended to be a sympathy article on Friday by reporter Annie Carney Carney on uh, freshman Senator John Fetterman, who outstopped Dr. Oz there in Pennsylvania, and how he is dealing with becoming a U.S. senator just months after suffering a debilitating stroke. However, the article contains quotes and reports that indicate Fetterman should never have continued with his candidacy after what the Times calls his near-fatal stroke last May, including the observations that Fetterman knows he likely permanently harmed himself by not taking the proper time to recuperate, that he has serious mental health challenges, and that his brain is so scrambled he hears peanuts-like voices when people talk to him at times. Oh, dear. Fetterman was sworn in January 3rd, and he has kept a low profile, but was seen attending the State of the Union address this week uh, before he Probably was taken had the stroke by George, attending. Yeah, George, George Washington University Hospital. So stressful. Wednesday evening, where he is being held for tests and observation. 
Um, so the Times article was, you can, uh, there's a, uh, this is the Gateway Pundit article. You can scroll down and, um, I have the Daily Caller. Okay. Well, the Gateway Pundit article has a little video. Uh, the Times article was uh, prompted by Fetterman being hospitalized Wednesday after feeling lightheaded. A Fetterman spokesperson uh, said Thursday night, the tests had ruled out a new stroke, but that Fetterman was being held to test for seizures. Mm. Experts from the Times via article via Yahoo said that, um, Fetterman is 53, six foot eight, tattooed and goateed Democrat from Pennsylvania who he's suffered six a near foot fatal eight. stroke. He's like in a May. giant. Yeah, what you're supposed to do uh, to recover from this is do as little as possible. Instead, he was forced to do as much as possible and he had to get back on the campaign tra trail. It's hard to claw that back. And this just goes to show you that the Democrats wanted that seat so bad. We're watching a. Right? John yeah. Fetterman, the brand new uh, senator. So, uh, Bernie Sanders, Sanders, the only one wearing there, a mask. The larger gentleman so there's the Fetterman. There, uh, and it, right in front of him, of course, is uh, Senator Josh Pauly from Missouri. Bernie Sanders wearing uh, so, the mask. So there you go. So they were kind of just uh, showing that as a video of like, yep, he was there. He looked fine. I mean, for himself. The stroke after which he had a pacemaker and a defibrillator implanted. Mm. Also took a uh, a less apparent but very real, psych real psychological toll on Fetterman. It has been less than a year since the stroke transformed him from someone with a large stature that suggested uh, machoism, uh, machism, <laughs> mach machismo, whatever, a central <laughs> part of his political identity into a physically altered machismo. What is that? I, I never even heard that word. And he is frustrated at times that he is not yet back to the man he once was. He has had to come to terms with the fact that he may have to set himself back permanently by not taking the recommended amount of uh, rest. It's stressful having to go through an experience in context of the most of the most high-profile Senate race in the country. So here they are putting their, you know, his wife putting her husband on the... Uh, on this campaign trail just because she wanted to be a senator's wife. I'm sure that they were, there's tons of money involved. Uh, remember when MSN, NBC's uh, Dasha Burns reported this before the election? In small talk, before the interview, and without captioning, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And she got eviscerated for it by Kara uh, Schweischer and Fetterman's wife and others. According to an outraged 19th news reporter, New York Times stealth edited out the term special needs regarding the fact that John Fetterman required special captioning monitors placed throughout the Senate building. Wow. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. He has special captioning monitors placed throughout the Senate building. Wow. He has special needs. He and his special needs because he can't think Just straight. Just goes he to show anybody straight. can be a senator. And they, just, they just need a body and, a, and, and just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, the report says Fetterman is accepting he might have permanent brain damage. Well, all right. Of course, there we go. You know, and this is where I, I have to say, regardless of what side of the aisle that you are on, if you are trying to represent the people and you have... A problem you should step down yeah in Fetterman's case you should never have continued with the race mm -hmm. so it does beg the question like we said at the top of the hour here 
are they doing this just to put in a patsy? Hmm. Good question. Good question. Um, you know, there's a couple stories that I feel like I probably should save for when we say goodbye to Facebook, when we're talking about Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, we want to be able to talk about the uh, Pfizer video that he did um, just very freely. But I will say this, James O'Keefe started Project Veritas. It appears that there is a palace coup happening. Um, there are two um, separate, there's a 501c3 Project Veritas and a 501c4. Uh, and one has obviously more money than the other because it's, you know, that's where you're going to put your put your big donations. And Project Veritas came out with a huge bombshell report from a Pfizer executive. And just, uh, was it just last week? I think a week it might and have been ago? last week. Right after that. It appears that um, the board that I guess James O'Keefe put together to help make, you know, you have to have a board if you're going to have a 501c3 to mm -hmm. kind of keep things accountable so you're not just one guy taking in all the money. Yeah. Okay. Well, Project Veritas was started by James O'Keefe. And there is a, the, the, the other the, the other board member that's really instigating this is a guy named Matthew Tierman, who I appreciate. And I have, have followed, followed we have reported and on. he yep. is our, he is the main correspondent for what's happening in Brazil. And he's on the war room all the time. Yeah. Well, Steve Bannon has said that, uh, it says, if James O'Keefe is not allowed to continue his great work at this critical juncture in our country's history, where, when uh, there is no time or patience for games, as the leader of the news organization that he founded, built and nurtured, then I think it's a permanent ban on Matthew uh, Tierman. So, so here's Matthew Tierman's Twitter. So you can put a face to the name you guys have seen yeah, this guy he, before. Yeah, he actually went to Hungary and spoke at CPAC Budapest in 2022. Um, he tweeted out yesterday... Uh, Pfizer CEO Albert uh, uh, Burla relies on aggressive security tactics to escape Veritas journalist questions. There are about 60 employees with Project Veritas. I did not know it was that big. Um, but Project Veritas um, is not the same without James O'Keefe. People, people trust him. People trust that when his reporting goes out, that it's legit, that he's been through it. So Matthew Tierman is a journalist. And he, is. he, I believe, this is my opinion, I believe that he, he got a little too, bit, too big for his britches. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking to himself, I could be James O'Keefe. I could run this company. But he can't. He doesn't have the bravitas. He doesn't have the way to... Um, to, to, to put put himself forward. You know, James O'Keefe is the face of it, but he's also the brains behind it. Yeah. Um, it says every, uh, Viva Frey says, every employee who finds himself out of work after Project Veritas goes under should sue the board of directors for damages. This is looking less like a hostile takeover and more like a sabotage of the entity, uh, the idea that was Project Veritas. Um, let's get James O'Keefe trending. If you are a friend of Project Veritas... Um, let's see, there was a, a thread here on, so James O'Keefe has not tweeted out anything about this. I guess that he's got, um, no, he just hasn't tweeted out since this, since this happened. And so they were actually supposed to meet today and I was waiting 
to see if there would be some news before it went live and does not look like there's any new updates and it's and it's too bad because we Reaper already did this. this is really good okay. i didn't know that he did this he's this not guy. he's also he's a very a, good performer by he, the way he loves performing. Uh, he says but um tonight i performed a scene from shakespeare's henry v to an audience in new york city but i was talking to you this day it's called the feast of crispian he that shall see this day and live to old age will stand yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say tomorrow is Saint Crispian. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, these wounds I had on Crispin's day. Then shall our names familiar in their mouths as household words, Harry the King, David de Leiden, Seraphin O'Malley, Cochrane, Meads, Project Veritas, with their full glasses freshly toasted. And Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world. But we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today who sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. For he today who goes through hell with me shall be my brother. Be him ne'er so vile. This day shall gentle his condition. This day shall make him a man. And gentlemen in Washington, now in their beds, will stand at curse they were not here and hold their manhoods chief while any speaks that fought with us on St. Crispin's Day. <laughs> so you tell me that Project Veritas is Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. No, tell me one more time. There is none. There is no Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. Uh, we do have a cease and desist letter from the top donors after rumored James O'Keefe ouster over the past few days. There have been rumors flying on Twitter about the possibility of Project Veritas board ousting James O'Keefe as their leader. This has caused a massive backlash from not only fans, but now from top donors. On Friday, a cease and desist letter to the Project Project Veritas board was leaked to Twitter. The letter was first shared by Twitter user Swig. And I love, it's hard for me to do any sort of broadcast with some of these crazy weird names, but whatever, Swig. And it states that the firm represents a large group of significant donors to Project Veritas. By threatening or taking these actions, the board is straying from its roots and express purpose for which it raised considerable funds from the public, including our clients. Um... From my source, the bigwig donors to Project Veritas are not taking the board actions against James O'Keefe lying down. Looks like they have hired a big-name law firm that sent a letter which seems to suggest the board is running afoul of Virginia law and exposing themselves to substantial liability. Why don't they understand? James is Project Veritas. Project Veritas is James. We the people stand with James. We are concerned that the board may already be acting in violation of a Virginia charitable solicitation and trust law and ask that the board refrain from taking further actions to fundamentally undermine the purposes for which Project Veritas uh, be established. The letter concludes with the donors demanding that the board must cease and desist from any further actions to remove James O'Keefe from the company. Conservatives make it clear where they stand. Um, 
Let's see. Matt Walsh says, I've read the accusations against O'Keefe and they're utterly bizarre. He's not even accused of doing anything salacious or terrible. Just a bunch of petty, superficial complaints. I stand with James 100%. Project Veritas is nothing without him. Candace Owen says, there is no Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. I say this as a donor to the organization, but more importantly, as a colleague who watched him pour everything he had into Project Veritas over the years, the money and the supporters will follow James. Um... Let's see. Looks like um, this particular old road swig says that a whistleblower has contacted me about the news that James O'Keefe was put on leave and stripped of all authority. This is difficult for me to publish as a staunch supporter of Project Veritas. But what is happening to James O'Keefe is unconscionable and the attempted hostile takeover of Project Veritas needs to be stood against by its supporters. This will not stand. James is a bit of a victim of poor corporate structure as Project Veritas is two separate organizations. And I told this before, uh, 501c3, which has very few board members and the majority of the money and 501c4, which had significantly more board members, but less money. According to my source, the situation has allowed two alleged ringleaders of this attempt to push James out to have significant sway over the others, despite their reasons to be essentially meritless. So these are the board members. You can see uh, Matthew Tierman is the ringleader. Um, the board held a six and a half hour struggle session versus James, where they subjected him to constant derision and insults at the insistence of Tierman, O'Hara and Hinckley. About 10 employees aired their grievances about James, which essentially boiled down to him being a tough boss to work for. At the end of the six-hour struggle session, Tierman and fellow board member John Garvey put him on leave and stripped him of all authority. It was literally a Stalinist kangaroo court trial. The thing that is so very profound to me that no one seems to grasp, John Garvey and the rest of the board did nothing to stop it. Matthew Tierman had it all scripted. All six hours. This comes in the immediate aftermath of the Project Veritas's greatest moment ever, exposing corruption at Pfizer, which my source thought was extremely suspicious timing. You boot the founder right after your biggest win of all times. Uh, my, my source believes that uh, with enough public support, James O'Keefe could win back the support of the 501c4 board. So please retweet your voice. So, you know, this entire thing is very interesting. Leah and I are in, are a part of the truth movement. And we see the inner workings and the behind the scenes and we get the phone calls. It's very interesting. We hear the airing of grievances from a lot of big names that you guys all know and watch and love. And they will come to us and they'll say, you know, that they're upset about another big name, X, Y, Z. It's a lot of infighting. That's the devil's playground. It's the devil's playbook. It's what he has done from the beginning of time. I mean, I'm just, I'm reading in my founder's Bible, right? Um, and you go back to David and, and Saul and, you know, Absalom and, and, and all of these kind of infighting things, Right. And I, Ali and I were saying just how easily you could take like the Clay Clark movement, which we just love so much, the, the, the reawakened tour. And I can see how a lot of the big name speakers behind the scenes, they're, they're kind of upset. They talk, they nitpick, they, they gossip. They totally do. They do all of these so things, this is guys. Very strange. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. And, uh, how easy it would be if, if Clay had started a board of the Reawaken America tour. Mm -hmm. 
how somebody might get it in their crawl, but you don't have Reawaken America without Clay Clark, right? I mean, it's, it's absurd. And what I told Leah is that the loyalties of these people, all the big name speakers, no matter who they want to talk about, about whatever, they all understand that they are loyal to Clay because Clay has proven himself to, to, to Clay tries above anybody I've ever seen to be the most magnanimous middleman, not to hold a grudge, not to gossip, not to throw it to, to a fault, mind you by the way, right? Yeah. And so, but I can see this happening. And so I may not be privy to the Project Veritas situation, but I am in situations where I can see very clearly that, and, and we were listening to The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. And he does a beautiful job of laying out how when you have wins and you're in this fight for truth and freedom, and then you kind of get blinded by your own glory your own, you know, miracles that you're performing, things that you are actually doing for God or for truth, and you stumble and pride gets in the way. And that's what I believe has happened okay. with James Let's O'Keefe. Let's go. So here's some real-time updates. Uh, an hour ago from Jack Posovic, Veritas is holding an all-hands call right now. The letter signers are defending the memo despite the negative response. Carpe Doncum says the Project Veritas board has backed itself into a corner. At this point, I highly doubt that supporters would accept anything less than the resignation of the board members that called for the vote. If you aim for the king, you best not miss. Oh, how fortunes can change. Project Veritas, a month ago, everyone was demanding they be reinstated to Twitter. One week ago, everyone was celebrating their victory against Pfizer. One day ago, everyone is unfollowing and pulling their support. What a world. Watch uh, Project Veritas hemorrhage follower in real time. This was such a bad decision. James is not present at the Veritas meeting, but his lawyers are. Cernovich says, I know and I like people on both sides of the James O'Keefe Project Veritas dispute. I am seeing zero transparency from the board. As a friend of many of you, you know who you are. I expect a public explanation, a video, and live questions to be taken. So, uh, so when you say this call that's going on, this all hands on call, who's it between? All the people who work at Project Veritas. So all the employees, yeah, include and then what? And I'm I'm sure the board members, yeah, and then James O'Keefe's lawyers. I'm guessing so. Yeah. And so far, it looks like what? Nothing. We don't know yet. Nothing. No, well, I, I just read that that they're doubling down. The people who signed the memo to oust him, yeah. are doubling down on it. So they're doubling down. They're saying they're not, they're not, and James is not there. So there is actually a, um, a space happening right now, Twitter space. And Laura Loomer just joined it. I think it's run by Jack Posobiec and they're discussing this. So uh, I'll have an update to you obviously soon, I guess, um, I'm told the more Veritas donors have added their names to the cease and desist letter. letter. That's from Jack Posobiec. Yeah. So there's an all-hands call right now. That was just an hour ago. So we'll wait to see where they vote. If they, I guess, I don't know if they're going to vote or what they're going to do, but there's no Project Veritas. It will just crumble into nothing. And he yeah. would, and James, and I know James, I don't know him personally, oh, but he would like start the, over. The, Ver, the Veritas board meeting ended an hour ago. No decision made yet. On O'Keefe. 
I, I, I just, every, all the supporters are going to follow James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. All the followers are going to follow James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. And he will continue with the, with the loyal employees, mm-hmm. right, that stick with him. Because yeah. this is what doesn't make sense about, about the entire thing. I said to Leah, we were walking dogs earlier today and we were, we were talking about tonight's show and, and this topic came up. And I was like, when you're in war, which that's what this really is. It's an information war that we are in right now. Don't come to me and tell me that your commander was rude. Because that's we didn't really break down the actual complaints for mm-hmm. our viewers here, Leah. We're, I think you're taking for granted there that There are know. no real complaints. The complaints said, all are, they said was he was a big, he's been a, a tough, bad boss, boss, tough boss. And he was sometimes rude. Well, that wasn't a quote. That wasn't a quote. They just said he was a tough boss. Okay, so, so but there aren't that's any... That's all I've got. That's all we've got to go on. There's nothing to back up. There's no real accusations. So don't tell me that you're on the front lines... And like I said, your commander is tough. Mm-hmm. This is information war. Like I can see being James O'Keefe and you just, you're in the moment and, and something like the Pfizer video is about to happen and you're just kind of on edge because this is a really big deal. So if you aren't, I'm not saying that he should be that way. I'm not defending actions because I really don't even know what they are. Mm. But I am saying that if it's too much for you, because I don't know that you could do it without acting like that. Mm. Then get out of the game. Resign. Leave. Right? Like, or help James bear a better load. I don't know. It's his, I don't know, you don't want to call it a company, but it's his company. Yeah. It's, this is his company. Yeah. Who does this? Matthew Tierman, as far as I'm concerned... I mean, the fact that this kind of feels like it came out of nowhere. Well, it it, it feels like it. But what I was going to say was Bannon tweeted out that um, a lawyer for Dominion is now also a lawyer for Project Veritas. Who hired that? That's that's interesting. That's a good question. Yeah. So there's Alex something going Williams on. Said, uh, that he might have been trying to save the company. The board's trying to save the company because James Keith might be arrested for that video. Oh, he, so Alex, Patrick Geller says Alex Jones is saying that they might be trying to save the company because if James O'Keefe gets arrested because of the video, then somehow it would save. But then mm. wouldn't that be coming out right now? Like, wouldn't know. that be leaked or something? Yeah. So it's interesting. We will monitor it and we'll keep we you guys posted. Yeah. So the FBI, we talked about this on early segment, uh, earlier segment on our show, but I want you guys to know the FBI actually labeled those with traditional Catholic ideology, those who like the Latin mass, who want to go back to more traditional Catholic ways as uh, radical extremists. And they've actually made the rosary a, an extremist. Uh, the Atlantic made the rosary an extremist symbol. Just labeling all Catholics. So they're coming for the Christians. They definitely are coming for the Christians. Oh, my gosh. So Automedic on Rumble says it's Libby Locke that represents Dominion and Pfizer. Yeah. So that's interesting. I want to tell you guys about a kind of a sad story. Uh, And and we're going to have a theme here. Take your kids out of public school. A 14-year-old New Jersey girl Mm -mm. took her own life after four classmates brutally beat her in a school hallway and then posted the video on social media. Four New Jersey high school students have been suspended indefinitely after they allegedly attacked a, well, they did, it's on video, a 14-year-old student in the hallway 
who took her life 48 hours later after the attack uh, video surfaced online. Ocean County prosecutors um, reportedly told Michael uh, Kook, father of a 14-year-old, Adrena Olivia Kooch, I don't know how to say it, or say it, pronounce it, that at least three of the girls involved are facing criminal charges for the February 1st attack on his daughter. According to um, NBC4, district officials said that the four girls' suspensions will last until the legal process plays out. Family members uh, found her dead by suicide at her Bayville home on February 3rd. Just two days earlier, video posted on social media revealed several students brutally attacking the freshman as she and her boyfriend walked down the school hallway. According to NewJersey.com, the less than one minute video showed uh, this young girl, and I don't want to play it for you guys because I think it might be distressing, walking down the hallway when a female student repeatedly hit her in the face with a water bottle. After she fell to the floor, the female student continued pulling her hair and punching her head. At least two students could be heard off camera cheering on the attack. The attack was broken up 30 seconds later by two school employees with Adrena uh, left bruised and bloody on the floor. The father of the, uh, of the young girl told NBC4 that his daughter was taken to a nurse and not to the hospital despite blacking out and being covered with bruises. I want the entire world to know what these animals did to my daughter, he said. The kid is assaulted with a weapon and their policy is not even to call the police or file a report. Are you kidding me? Okay, and y'all know where I'm going to go with this. And again, Leah said there's going to be a, a, a um, theme here. And I don't want to pick on this father here, Michael, because there's ignorance. Ignorance. But I am going to talk to every one of you that's listening to the sound of my voice. You mm -hmm. do not get to claim that now. Mm -hmm. If you want to claim ignorance, shut off the show. Mm -hmm. Okay? Every parent that knows yeah. that this kind of stuff goes on in public schools. Often. If you send your child to that public school, mm -hmm. when this happens to your child, and I yeah. want to say this as lovingly and caringly as I can, it's on you. It's on you. Yeah. That is your fault. It's almost as if you did it to your own child. You can send. You cannot if send, you send your child, your child to into a war zone and you make them go and you say you can't come back for eight to nine hours. You have to be there. It's and they get, they get, they get, you know, shot in the war zone. That's your fault. You sent them there. Right. You sent them there knowing that this stuff was going on. This is not a one-off thing. I can show you video after video That's after video That's an example of a child video. being beat up. What about the children that are being molested? What about the children that are having their, their minds exploited by other students to the most grotesque possible things? What about the LGBTQ uh, gender queer identity uh, you know, theology, we'll call it, because it's a religion. It's a satanic religion. What about all of these other things that we talk about what about them indoctrinating your child just against the country that well, we live in, go ahead against bring, you as a parent? You can bring this up as you're talking. Um, and, and there's a video that I'm going to show you when we leave uh, Facebook of a um, a Quaker. It's the bright part. It's right there on the left. Okay. Um, of a Quaker teacher saying that all children are sexual beings. And I'm going to play that later because I want to be able to say what I need to say. But this is exclusive footage here from Breitbart. Private schools, private schools. It's not just taking your kids out of public schools. Schools, I know that we had, we just, we had uh, Tara uh, and Tanya Joy on our show, the Gibson sisters. And Tara was saying that she was, she sent her kid, her daughter to a very prominent Christian school in Texas where they are not just promoting critical race theory, but they are, um, 
if a, if a child feels like something was racist because her daughter uh, said that a black kid was acting like a monkey, didn't mean anything by it, her daughter was suspended. Okay. And they, and they even came to her and said, we know that your daughter's not racist and she didn't mean it this way, but because the child felt like it was, there we has to, to be a consequence. You. That we have to punish you. Right. This is insane. Because this person felt like you smacked them in the face, but we know that you didn't, but they felt like you did, you are have to be punished like oh, you did. Exactly. Okay. Jeff says, um, it's demonic. This is what happens when you remove God from society. Jeff also says, it's back to the other, the first story, it's political. He stepped on Pfizer's toes and it's and is now getting the um, pushback. And he says, oh yeah, for sure. We had our bank account shut down. Wow. So the point is, guys, again, I hear you saying, but Michelle, I can't. You don't understand. I can't. God will make a way. Our mom was a single mom and she homeschooled us. And our dad was not in the picture helping with any of that. And you know what? I'm actually so it can be done. We're, we will come back to this article, but I it, I will not be allowed to talk about this and freely. I do want to bring up this next video, uh, kind of talking about race and different things. Uh, in Biden's speech, he said, um, as a white guy, he didn't he never had to give his son the talk. Well, he didn't have to give his son the talk because it's Hunter Biden uh, as a guy who's smoking crack and leaves a crack pipe inside of a rental vehicle. And when he actually lies on a um, a gun background check, uh, he he didn't need to have any sort of talk with his son because he was just going to get him off. This uh, this um, this particular instance here, I think there are bad police officers who take things too far. And we played that, that last week. I want to play this video of a guy who gets pulled over and takes things too far. When we talk about the talk, you mean where a, a black families need to teach their children that if you don't ever get pulled up, don't wallet, reach for your wallet, your just keep your hands up. on the wheel. You know, that's the talk that Biden was was speaking of. Hey, man, you can stay in your car. You can stay in the car, man. You can have a seat. Have a seat. So I'm stopping you for going 50 miles an hour to 25. What are you talking about? So I need I you to think, sit I down. Think mess, I think you're messing with me. So no, I'm not. I'm not. I think I need you're to messing with me. I think you're messing with me. No, you need to sit down. No, no. Have a seat. Have a seat. You're okay. I'm not messing with you. Why are you grabbing me? Why are you grabbing me? I want to. I want to talk to somebody. Okay. Have a seat. Have a seat. Why are you grabbing me? Have a seat now. Why are you grabbing me? Have a seat. Have a seat. Or I haven't done anything. Okay. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. He's trying to grab my gun. He's trying to grab my gun. Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Lay out flat on your back! Lay out flat on your back! I'm going to give you this type of grabber. You can grab it. Patriot Gallery is telling me that they can't see it. They can't see it? Could they? Oh, really? Hang on. We're going to have to play it again. Shoot. Shoot. Sorry, guys. Let's try again. Hey, man. You can stay in your car. You can stay in the car, man. You can have a seat. Have a seat. So I'm stopping you for going 50 miles an hour to 25. 
What are you talking about? So I'm going to turn this so, down. I, I, think, I, think, I think you're missing it. We already, you all already heard it. And we heard it. He's, he puts his hand because the guy is approaching him, right? You don't get to go up into a police The police officer told him, get back in your car. Several times. Get back in your car. So what he's doing by grabbing a hold of him is trying to ensure that he doesn't do what he does right there. Grabs after the gun, right? He's trying to grab my gun. He's trying to grab my gun. Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Get off my gun! Lay up on your back! Lay up on your back! So people are saying that as white kids, their dad, you can play it, play it out. Um, well, you, they didn't hear the rest of it. I gave up. I gave up. Oh, you see the rest. People want to see it. Um, and there's not a whole lot left to it. I mean, clearly he's trying to restrain him. He's putting cups on him, whatever. Mm -hmm. All right. Seven. Well, so both white fathers and black fathers give their kids the, the talk, okay, which is, you know, roll your window down, don't reach for your license, you know, things like that. But it's very, policing is, is hard. And like I said, we played a horrible video, I believe, last week where a police was just... He arrested a guy for smiling. It was he, like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? And then he arrests the guy. Yes. Listen. Leah and I, our um, our dad's girlfriend when we were growing up was a police officer. Our dad made friends with police officers and admitted that he was making friends with police officers so that if he ever got into any trouble, he had friends as police officers. Our dad was the president of the FOPA. That's the Fraternal Order of Police Association. And he would tell Leah, if you ever get pulled over, just tell them my dad is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police Association, right? We knew that our dad's friends that were police officers were doing drugs, they were corrupt, they allowed our dad's own girlfriend, allowed our dad to drive her and us in the back seat home drunk, okay? And then he hit a dog. Then I know stories of she was able to sue along with a few other women for, sexual, for harassment. Se sexual harassment. And she got back then, it was a big deal. I think she got like 50 grand. I have no idea. Don't quote me on that. But they were sexually but harassing But they were so sexually harassing the women officers. I am telling you, the police force and the, um, the fire force, they're full of really, really bad people. They're also full of really, really good, good people. people. Okay? So it's not a race issue. It's a power issue because when you get into positions of power, a lot of times you think that you can get away with things. Mm -hmm. And Leah, when Leah was pulled over for a rolling stop, whether she did roll it or not, that's what she got ticketed for. At zero miles an hour, by the way. I was in the car 
And as a little sister, I was like, no, you did the not stop. The only time I had a ticket was going zero miles an hour over a, like a speed bump. This police officer, who was a white guy, probably Big 60 old years old, fat man. had been sitting in his spot waiting for people to do the rolling stops. Where so are you going? People. I don't know. I am literally just left the nursing home visiting an old guy in a nursing home. You know the nursing home. You're staring at the nursing home. And I was there being a nice, good citizen. I did you not do mean not to give bring tickets up. to nice, good citizens, Mr. Fat Policeman. I so I don't have a really high opinion sometimes of police officers. Did not mean to me bring up a sore subject. My point was Where you going? that a white dude talking so to fast? a white female treated her very um, what's poorly. The not yes, exactly. He very was, poorly. These cops are just. Well, we have a friend of ours Not who great. got a ticket because she couldn't find her license quick enough. Right. So I'm not trying to throw all cops under the bus because we've backed the blue, you know, yada, 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 all of that. But my point is, I said yada, yada, I know. My point is that there are really corrupt police officers and there are really great police officers. And the job that they are trying to do is very, very difficult. Yeah, and, I, and there's a reason why most of us don't become police officers. One time we got pulled over. We were driving back from Plymouth. We had a ton of people in the car. A couple kids from Teen Challenge. Matt was driving. My uncle, two dogs, my mom, me and Michelle in a giant conversion van. And Matt was just smiling. Because that's what he does. He's got the joy of the Lord on his And it, the, the police officer's like, where are you going? What you doing? You got, a, you got an out taillight. Like, it's so strange. Police officers, could you, when you pull police people over, could you act like that guy? Could you be nice? Because you know what? You're putting the fear of God into somebody. Every time they pull over, we know that you have a gun. Okay? And there are a lot there are a lot of good people out there that are not this 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 young man who's going to reach for a gun right. and we're terrified that you've pulled us over. So be nice. <laughs> Why can't you have some training to just be nice to normal people? Oh my gosh. Yes, it was Kansas. Jack is asking. It was Kansas. And, and Kansas had a great answer. He's like, well, we've just been to visit the monument in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Why about our, smiling? Our forefathers and our founding fathers. And I'm sure he threw God in there. And now I got the joy of the Lord in my heart and all this stuff. Because that's just Matt. That's how he acts. All right. The Pentagon has shot down an unidentified object over Alaska. Another one, by the way. This is a different one. It flew one. at an altitude that would pose a risk to civilian aircraft in the direction of the President of the United States. Are you kidding me? Fighter aircraft assigned to the U.S. Northern on, Command wait, wait. successfully. They're saying it's in Alaska and it's on its way to the President of the United States? No. You said the in the direction. direction. Oh, you said, you said, I thought it was in the direction. I was like, wait at a minute. That's the direction, really reaching. The, not, the, the President Biden told them to shoot it down. I get it. Okay. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at a 1.45 Eastern time within the U.S. sovereign airspace. Why are there so water. many unidentified objects flying over the United States right now? That's what I want to know. We have no further details about the object at this time, including any description of its capabilities, purpose, or origin. We just know we had to shoot that puppy down because we let the balloon go. But we had to show... You know what my theory is? They... Pop something up in the air like you got to look like you would shoot, have shot it down, you know. So we'll just give you an opportunity to say, President, would you shoot it? Will you will you shoot something down? So I bet it was I bet it was just like a, a little bitty drone or something. And yeah, you know, they obviously there's no people in it. Just gonna shoot it down. 
Lots of stuff in the air right now. Lots of stuff in the air. All right. Let me read a couple of comments here. Uh, Jeff says, I'm retired LEO. I don't know what that is. Law enforcement officer. Okay. Thank you. This suspect made all the wrong choices. I, I don't do abbreviations. Why not just say law enforcement officer? Because it's a well-known acronym. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All right. Um, Mary says, thank you for your years of service. And anyway, he said, so I'm, he made all the suspect made all the wrong choices. I'm not saying that the suspect didn't make the wrong choices. The sense, the suspect very clearly made all of the, the wrong choices. Honest, no, that was the, honestly, the way the police officer handled that was really, was really great. He's like, just yeah, nice. The, and Yeah. The police officer did an know? excellent job. Um, I, we just were taking a moment to kind of bring it back to fairness that not every police officer is nice and handles things well. I would say, though, by and large, most of them, the majority, I think, do. I think there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But just out in the public when they're when they're interacting with, with people, I think most police officers do do the right thing. Because they're wearing the body cams, you know, there's a lot of reasons to do the right thing. Yeah, the Pentagon said looking. that the object shot down over Alaska wasn't an aircraft per se. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Define aircraft. It's in know. the air. I don't know. I don't know. Does that mean that it's a balloon? It's because a balloon is not the down. aircraft. It was described as cylindrical and silverish gray and seemed to be floating. Cylindrical. No sign the object had any propulsion. So it's a balloon. No, I don't know. Nobody it's, knows. Is it Superman? Was it Superman? Did they shoot down ABC Superman? ABC chief uh, global affairs correspondent uh, first reported that when fighters were scrambled, the pilots did visuals, got images, and said there was no sign the objects had propulsion. It was described as cylindrical and silverish gray and seemed to be floating. Asked if it was asked if was balloon like. All I'll say is it wasn't flying with any sort of propulsion. So if that is balloon-like, well, we just don't have enough at this point. So we shot it down. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Speaking of things in the air, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's giant green, green lasers. lasers. Experts believe Chinese satellite fired green lasers over Hawaii. Late last month, mysterious green laser beams were spotted from Hawaii's tallest peak. Experts initially said the burst of laser beams was emitted by a NASA spacecraft that was proven incorrect this week, with evidence pointing to a Chinese satellite. Space experts at the National Astronomical, Astronomical Observatory in Japan initially tweeted on January 30th that this uh, Subaru Ashi star camera captured green laser lights in now, the this cloudy sky over um, the image Hawaii. that you're looking at um, right now this is, video too. is actually, it, they weren't all at once, right? This is kind of a time-lapsed overlay of where they landed, right? And then you're seeing it all, yeah, at, all well, at once. If you scroll down, you can see a video. Wait a minute. I don't know what just happened. According to Dr. Martino, Anthony J. at NASA, a NASA scientist, um working there so it was like boom 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 boom, 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 boom. i sat it is not their instrument but others his colleagues kind of slowed it down here ivanhoff did a simulation of the trajectory of satellites that have a similar instrument and found a most likely candidate to be in the acdl instrument by the chinese i don't believe that china should be allowed to beam down lasers, lasers. no so this kind of reminds me of like sonar, 
right? Like laser sonar, mm. with the way that it's acting. Like, what are they trying mm -hmm. to with the lasers? What are they trying to measure? It's got to be some sort of measurement device. That's a good question. And why are they allowed to fly balloons across the United States to gather information? And why are they allowed to shoot lasers to gather information? I don't know, but the Chinese balloon's large reconnaissance section located but still hasn't been retrieved. U.S. officials in Friday's press briefing revealed that the large undercarriage of the Chinese balloon shot down off the South Carolina coast last Saturday has been located. Officials are dubbing it the alleged uh, spy balloon's reconnaissance section and are describing it as so large at about 30 feet long or more that it will need a specialized crane or winch to recover. That means... This means recovery efforts could take days longer. A second U.S. official told ABC News that while the main reconnaissance section of the balloon has been found, recovery operations have been suspended until Monday because of rough waters. The official said the rough weather was outside the window under which Navy divers could safely conduct operations. There's now fear that some of the debris on the ocean floor could be moved by currents related to bad weather for which measures are being taken to try to track the objects. New photographs of the ongoing recovery efforts were also released on Friday, of course, that this is what the narrative they want you to get out. Mm -hmm. But everything is still on <clears throat> the ocean floor, where they did it on purpose. You know, if it was on the ground, you'd have to actually retrieve something. And, and what if some of these things are actually, you know, harmed by long time, long, many hours in salt water? Well, yeah. So you don't really... Yes, clearly. Um, let's see. Vicky says it sounds like a missile. Tracy wants to know, are they practicing projections? They can project images in the sky. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a Chinese balloon. Uh, you know, it's it, that's a good point. Are they practicing their projections? I We've been predicting it here on Resistance Chicks for quite some time now that they would be staging an alien invasion. And, uh, you know, they could, this could be a practice run for that. I don't know. So we talked about that stupid kiss between, um, Jill Biden and, and yeah. her husband and, and, and Kamala's husband. Well, Univision's uh, actually asked her about it and she says she hasn't watched the video. You want to watch her giggle and respond to the video? Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. They show her the video? No, they don't. They ask her about it and she's like, I haven't seen it right there. Okay. Are I you sharing the screen? I, yeah, I will. Hang on. This is just too much. I'm telling you. Oh, there it is. There it is. It is. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. If you're our viewers, you've seen it way too many times. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that English? There's multiple things going on there. There's a voiceover. Madam President, to end this interview, I have to ask you about something else. Tengo que preguntarle a usted sobre algo más con respecto al estado de reunión ayer. Hay un video viral en línea del momento cuando el esposo recibió un beso de la una vez que llegó allá a la sala. ¿Cómo reacciona usted a ese video? Que le dice a muchas personas que tienen que chismear sobre esto. Bueno, yo no he visto el video. No sé, pero yo sé que la primera dama y el segundo caballero están trabajando arduamente con lo que estamos haciendo.
Okay, so I have no idea why that clip has a voiceover. Um, I, I don't know why that has a voiceover. However, it's very clear that her face was uh, very pained by the, the question coming up. And then she literally, I would have played it off. Yeah. Like, right? I don't think, that just, is very telling. Why not just say they're really good friends? So big deal. But to completely shift the focus, um, yikes. Yikes. That was, yeah. All right. Before we go on to some bad news, let's go to some good news. This is from uh, All right, Bright wait, I want to read some comments. Not this is really good. Moving on. Brew Baker says, old people kissing is gross. People over 40 should not kiss in public. I totally agree with that, but I would say it's not old people. I don't think any people should kiss in public. We literally do not watch kissy scenes on movies. That's how prudish we are. Um, I, 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 but it does not matter about the kissing in the public. It's who are you kissing? You get what I'm saying there? Um, Anne, uh, thank you, Anne, says, especially when they are married to other people, okay? Just saying. All right, good news story. I, I know I know the, the speculation, but I'm telling you guys, DeMar guys. Hamlin put prayer in football back in the spotlight. When medical personnel rushed onto the field to save DeMar Hamlin's life after the Buffalo Bills defensive back collapsed during uh, a game last month right here in Cincinnati... Many people witnessing the horrifying scene did the only thing they could. They prayed. Players and coaches from both teams took a knee, held hands, and through tear-filled eyes called on God and Jesus Christ, mind you, to heal their fallen brother. Fans inside the stadium and millions of viewers watching at home did the same, sharing and posting their prayers on social media. In a moment of fear and desperation, prayer took center stage in the NFL. Over the next few days, Pray for Damar was trending. Hamlin's family and friends requested more prayers while he was hospitalized and after his release. Faith was back at the forefront in the NFL for the first time since praying on the field was referred to as Tebowing. They were impacted because they were seeing themselves, says Philadelphia Eagles chaplain Ted Winsley told the Associated Press. They were sm smacked in the face with the reality of what this is. DeMar was in that situation, but that could be me. They were feeling for him, but it reminded them that this is life or death. And then it also causes you to come to grips with the fact that there is someone greater for than me to have trust in. Kansas City Chiefs owner Clark Hunt, who has established a Christ-centered culture in the organization, was pleased to see prayer emphasized during the difficult time. We're happy to see DeMar doing well, and it was very comforting to see a huge outpouring of support for him and people turning to God in what was a very scary time. One of the things I've enjoyed about being associated with the NFL in all the locker rooms I've been in is God is always there. Players pray before the game. They pray after the game. So that wasn't unusual in that regard. But I think you saw more fans, more media recognizing the importance of prayer in a situation like that. Hamlin believes there was a greater purpose for his plan. What happened to me is a direct example of God using me as a vessel to share my passion and love directly from my heart. And if you scroll down, um, you can see some more pictures there. Um, it says that um, 
The late Herb Lusk is considered the first NFL player to pray in the field. Lusk was a little-used tailback for the Eagles when he ran 70 yards for a touchdown against the New York Giants in 1977. Lusk had already scored a one-yard run in that game. After a second score, he took a knee in the end zone and prayed. I said, thank you, Jesus. And then I said to myself, it's about time. Lusk never scored another touchdown and quit playing two years later to pursue ministry. Pastor Lusk led Greater Exodus Baptist Church in Philadelphia for 40 years until he died last September at the age of 69. Lusk also served as the chaplain for the Eagles for co uh, Eagles, Eagles coaches for about 17 years. Hamlin's recovery inspired a spiritual awakening among his teammates. In Buffalo's first game after the incident, uh, Neham Hines returned two kickoffs uh, for touchdowns. It had been it had a profound effect on the Bills' star quarterback Josh Allen. I was just going around to my teammates saying, "God's real." Players understand God doesn't have a rooting interest, but they found comfort in feeling that he was present in the moment. Um, and so in a moment when the NFL has been used to promote division and taking a knee to um, really against America, taking a knee to God was totally God. And I feel like it was almost God saying, you will bow to me. Mm -hmm. And so... Guys, stop with the conspiracy theories because we said something um, to a friend of ours that whenever Jesus is being glorified, God is there. That's right. God is there. We need to turn to God. And so when you go to the other extreme and are like, well, go down all these um, rabbit trails, you're actually taking glory away from God. Let me ask you this. For those of you, and I hope they're not, I hope you're not resistance chicks viewers. I know some of you are, but by and large, you guys watched our coverage of it from the like moment that it happened because we, God literally led us to drive down to the stadium by accident that night and we prayed. We didn't even know why God had taken us down there. I am telling you that as a Cincinnatian, I know what happened that night, and I know that God raised DeMar Hamlin from the dead. But let me ask you this. Whose interest does it better serve to say that God did not raise DeMar Hamlin from the dead? The devil. The devil, because that would mean like God doesn't have power or control. Why? And, and, I, and I think, and I want to get into something kind of deep here for just a second. Just bear with me for just two, give me like one minute, two minutes. On this, I want to do a little counseling session to, to the truthers right now that are listening. I understand that 2020 seemed like a huge blow. And a lot of you started to question your faith in God because we were told to trust the plan and, and all this, that, and the other. And I think that the reason why so many truthers out there are so eager to believe that there was some sort of weird, you know, person swap or whatever conspiracy theory there is out there about DeMar Hamlin other than God just raised him from the dead. Body double, whatever. The reason why so many of you are so eager to believe that conspiracy theory is because you're angry at God. And you don't want to believe that he has power to raise from the dead. And I think also there are some of you that are angry about the juice in the arm and the whole thing that's gone on with the forcing of that and all of it, that you kind of are like, but I don't, 
if 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 Demar Hamlin did take the juice in the arm and he did go down, part of you wants him to die and doesn't want God to raise him from the dead because he made this choice and you're angry. You're very angry. And guys, that is not a place of Christ-like love. And it, it's not where God is taking us. So I want to encourage you to really go before God, not listen to even Leah and I or all of the conspiracy theories and breaking down the ambulance and why it didn't have UC Medical Center on it and all this. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Oh, the video that he came out with? Well, we know about the chat GPD and we know that they can make up videos of people now. Look what they're doing with the Tom Cruise videos. You can see it's totally fake. All of this stuff, guys, put all of that aside. Open your Bible, get on your knees, play praise and worship music, and you ask God to show you what happened. Because that's how Leah and I weed through. Our tagline is, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth. How do we weed through all of the different conspiracy theories out there? By the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. And so if you're terrified that with this new, is it chat, chat GPT mm -hmm. or TP or whatever? GPT. I don't see. I don't even C like to GPT. say it. I don't even like to say it. The stupid, where they can put in the videos and they can make anything pop out. I am terrified for you guys, not for myself. I'm terrified for you guys because you probably feel like you don't have the tools to weed through whether something is false or whether it's true. Now, Lee and I have been saying for a long time, back to the alien invasion thing, that they are going to try to fool you with your eyes that aliens are invading. Mm -hmm. Well, forget the aliens. It could be anything that they will try to fool you with your eyes. I believe that they have tried to fool you with your eyes with doubting that God raised Demar Hamlin from the dead. So, well, okay, now you're back at circular reasoning and we're back at square one. Well, who do you believe? And that goes back to you need the Holy Spirit. I'm done. Yeah. All right. So somebody else took us to church this week. And if you bring up my uh, my Lauren Bobart uh, clip here, uh, a church congregation uh, cheered uh, Lauren Bobart as she prays for Joe, uh, Joe Biden here. And, and this got a little attention on Twitter this week. Because uh, she quoted a scripture, may his days be few and another take his office. And you're not supposed to pray against the president. You're not supposed to do this. Well, actually, there are prayers called, in the Bible called imprecatory prayers. These are prayers that God takes down your enemy and stops them from persecuting you. And I dare say you need to read Psalm 35 and then the book of Esther. And then how about just all of the Old Testament where God took down the enemies of uh, his people's enemies. So go ahead and roll this clip. I think people will enjoy this. This is actually um, a, a good way of using scripture. God said that he was the provider. I know that Jesus said that, he, that we would be blessed, but I just don't know about this month. And Jesus is right there at the table with you. Sam, what kind of conversation is this? Why are you talking like this and why are you sad? Jesus, don't you know? We're out of money. COVID's hit. They shut everything down. Joe Biden's president. We don't know what to do, Lord. It's all right. We pray for our presidents. Uh, you know, it says, let his days be few and another take his office. That's why I filed articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. 
Unfortunately, he does have a really great insurance policy named Kamala Harris. That was a joke, by the way. And the insurance policy is nobody wants to see Kamala's president. Exactly. Okay. Now, um, speaking to imprecatory prayers, I got an email from um, Coach Dave. They're going to be doing a um, taking the field against the demonic ritualistic Super Bowl halftime show. So Coach Dave wants you to join him online Sunday, February 12th. Um, I think that's Super Bowl Sunday. From so this 7.45 to 8.45 during so, the halftime. So so CoachDaveLive.com. All right, we will remind you of this after our Sunday show. But I want to encourage you guys, going on the offensive against the works of darkness, we plan to expose the dark and demonic overtones and ritualistic summoning of the ungodly spirits during the Super Bowl halftime um show by counteroffensive imprecatory prayer psalms and agreement of the ecclesia fighting on the heavenly fields Love of it. the second Glory. heaven so Glory. speaking of imprecatory prayers you actually are supposed to pray imprecatory prayers against your enemy and we say this on our show all the time the number one that we always point out is psalm 35 start there to give you an example uh, you know, the end, the pit that they've dug for me, may they fall in it, you know, that kind of thing. We are supposed to pray these against our enemies. The reason why it seems like they may be winning at times is because we're not praying those prayers. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. All right. So back to um, a little bit with the uh, hearings this week. Three Biden family scandal revelations from the first House weaponization hearing. The first House Select Com Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government hearing on Thursday revealed three important revelations about the Biden family business scandal. Senator Chuck Grassley speaking before the panel delivered a testimony. Let's, let's hear Senator Chuck Grassley here. Now, as our investigation continued, oh, whistleblowers approached my office with allegations that the FBI created an assessment in August 2020, the same month that the FBI briefed me and Senator Johnson. According to these whistleblowers, that assessment was used by FBI headquarters to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as, you might expect, disinformation. As a result, this scheme allegedly caused investigative activity to entirely cease. It's been further alleged to me that in September 2020, the same month Senator Johnson and I released our first report, those FBI headquarters personnel began placing their analysis of the credibility of reporting related to the Biden family in what I've been told is a restricted access sub-file. Further allegations to my office involved FBI personnel at the Washington field office who improperly ordered information to be closed by the FBI related to Hunter Biden's potential criminal conduct in October 2020, just before the election, even though it was verified or it was verifiable. Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession, very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. Let me These ahead. disclosures oh. also allege that oh, Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure what's been done with this information. The FBI's track record doesn't create much faith 
that the information is going to be followed up on. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that, if it's not defeated, will cause the American people no longer to trust these storied institutions. It will also threaten the American way of life. Unfortunately, what you've heard from me, this story of government abuse and political treachery is scarier than fiction. It really happened. Mm. But Mr. Chairman, your committee here, so assembled, has an opportunity to help us write the last chapter in this real life drama. You must relentlessly pursue the facts and the evidence. Senator, Senator Johnson and I will do the same and willing to work with you. Thank you. I am so frustrated that it's taking uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, who's like 80 years old, and Senator Ron Johnson, like the only two to go after this. Where is everybody else? Okay. we Our senators are just super corrupt. I, I can't even stand them. Three points. Grassley said whistleblower disclosures indicate the FBI has evidence that Biden, Joe Biden, is aware of the family business schemes. Duh. He's a part of it. Um. And Biden and his staff have claimed seven times that he had no part in the family business. Grassley told House members that whistleblower disclosures make clear the FBI has within its possession very significant, impactful, and a, a volume of evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter wow. and James. Okay? Grassley said... Uh, whistleblowers have suggested personnel at the FBI's Washington field office improperly closed, we talked about this, the criminal conduct cases, and the DOJ's political infection, he said there. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that if it is not defeated will cause the American people to no longer trust these storied institutions. I don't trust them. I never trust them. I've never trusted them, and you should not trust the FBI. And that is it. Bottom line, JFK, that's all you need to know. Okay, we... Excuse me. We are going to say um, <laughs> goodbye to Facebook. Goodbye. Now, tell them what they're what they're going to get when because, they follow the Rumble link, Leah. Because I want you guys to go to Rumble. If you have children, if you know people who have children, how about that? All right. I would. We're going to start with a story from the Missouri Attorney General, who is officially probing a disturbing whistleblower claim that transgender clinics are harming hundreds of kids. Mm -hmm. I have a teacher. Uh, a Quaker teacher who says that all kids are sexual beings. And we are going to go back to the um, exclusive here from Breitbart on private schools nationwide pushing queer inclusion curriculum. Okay, so if you're watching on Facebook, I've just put the link to the Rumble show in the chat. It just takes one little click. And you can leave. You should be leaving right now. I should be watching these numbers go down. Okay. Um, and we should watch the number. Rumble we numbers watch the go Rumble up. numbers go up as you guys all leave Facebook and head over there for the rest of the show. I think there were some other things. Um, don't leave out the CIA, says William. Uh, yeah, we definitely will never forget the CIA and all of the other really corrupt um, agencies there. So, wait, I'm trying to get up a video for you. Okay, hang on. I already have that video up. You don't, you have this one up? I think so. Because it wasn't up in my tabs. Oh, maybe it wasn't then. All right, hang on. All right, okay, Facebook, following, leaving, bye, we love you. Okay, they're, they're gone. Let's talk about them. They're gone. All right. So you can bring it up in my Twitter feed if you want. Uh, Al Vernaccio is a sex educator for kids He's ages pedophile. 3 to 18 at the Friends Central School in Pennsylvania. 
And he says, every single one of these kids is a sexual being. When I saw this video, I wanted to hurl. I wanted to reach into my computer. Where are you passing it up? There you go. And make sh- and, 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 and do a citizen's arrest and march this guy into jail for the rest of his stinking life. As people in the comments on this video say, you know, he just has the pedophile look about him. And everybody's saying, check his hard drives. But this is what's going on in your schools all over the country. Private schools or otherwise. You have to homeschool. There's only one choice. At my school, I'm responsible for the sexuality education of all of our students. From our youngest students who are three years old in nursery school up through our 12th graders who are turning 18 and getting ready to leave high school. That's a huge range, but every single one of those kids is a sexual being. They have been since birth. And at every age and stage, we can offer them age-appropriate, transformative sexuality education. Mm -hmm. I'm only a small part of the village that supports- Okay, I wanna break a little of this down. Number one, you're not a sexual being until you go through puberty. Come on and Because you haven't developed sexually, so you shouldn't be talking or thinking about any sort of sexuality before puberty, you crazy groomer. Okay? And then what kind of transformative... When I was in school, they opened the book, they showed his STDs, and they're like, probably don't want to do this. Okay? And that was it. And it was pretty gross. Looked like chicken pox. Dear God. Right? This guy wants to transform your kids' sexual beings. Listen to this guy. It gets worse. Them as they grow. It's not enough that I teach them. Ugh. We have to teach them. No! Part of my me- I want to tell you something. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Ain't you nobody had to teach, teach them. Guess what? The only thing you really need to do is teach your sons. If you do something, you're going to have a baby. So do you really want to be a father at 15? You don't need to teach them how to. You need to teach them not to is that we all, no matter what else we do in life, need to find a way to be sexuality educators for the kids in our lives. Whoa! Whoa! He... I want to back this up. To be sexuality educators for the kids in our lives. What else we do in life need to find a way to be sexuality educators for the kids in our lives. We all need to find a way to be sexuality educators for the kids in our lives. You are a grooming pedophile. No one says that. No one says that. I don't look at other people's kids and be like, I need to find a way to be a sexuality educator for your children. You know who does that? The only people who do that? Pedophiles. Because you know why? Because just like Michael Jackson opening up the magazines for kids. Yeah, you do need to educate them to be sexual because kids are not sexual. Okay, you can go if uh, until you start introducing these things to kids, they will develop properly, normally. And you are trying to do something transformative. And teach them something that does not come naturally to them because you are a crazed pedophile and you want to add more crazed weirdos to your ranks. If we don't step up, others will. And many of those... What does that even mean? You know what? If I don't step up, you will. Okay? I'm standing between you and the kids, mister. Stay away from the children. Those others... Don't see wholeness and freedom the way we do. You're right. 
I don't see wholeness and freedom the way you do because I'm not handing out sex toys to children because because you are sicko. No, you're absolutely right. Others don't see it the way you do because others care about children and they love kids and they don't want to pervert their minds, you twisted pervert. One of the things we can celebrate today is how young people have so many more options to consider than simply whether they feel like. Okay, he's going to say a boy or a girl, but I want to stop here again. You have options to consider. It's so exciting. You know what? You can have the blue balloon. You can have the pink balloon. You can have the red balloon. You can have the orange balloon. There's so much to consider. A boy or a girl, or whether they identify as gay, straight, or bisexual. Our understanding. Those gay, straight, or bisexual, you can do so much more now because there's more. Endings of both gender and orientation have greatly expanded in our culture. And there's an ever-increasing list of labels one can use to describe oneself. To me, this is a great benefit because it allows people, especially young people, to find a more precise way to describe their own experience. You a girl, you a boy, period. End of story, son. What it's also brought about is greater latitude in experimenting with different identities. It's not uncommon today for young people to try out different labels and different pronouns and different relationships in search of their truth. Different pronouns and different relationships in search of their truth. So he is so excited that your daughters are trying out being lesbians or being furry creatures and you got the kids peeing in the litter boxes. You know what? You can just be a dinosaur. <laughs> That's what I come. I'm a lion. Roar! They're all coming in barking like dogs now, meowing like cats, because you crazy people are messing with their head. No, but on a more serious note, that's what he said. To They're finding different labels to help express uh, their experience, right? What I would say is the children that need the labels to express their experience have had an experience. They have had an abnormal experience through the public school system, yeah. being molested or something, and they don't feel right about themselves because something wrong has happened to them. They're and they need something to help to help them express this wrong thing that has happened to them, right. even if it is grooming in the public school system. Right, exactly. And so you're or not, private school for this You're instance. not special if you are normal. You must be something different if you want to be special. And then you can get on TikTok and you can tell people, let me just explain to you, my pronouns are these are his, her, blah, 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 blah. I can't even come up with their stuff. So uh, Linda says, how about trying God out? Listen to idiots and you get is idiots. Patriot Gallery says it isn't Quaker at all. He has fallen from his faith, totally yeah. following the devil. Ripaza says mad. He is not only talking about the Brits, but the entire Western nations. I think you meant something else there, but he says if God exists, he's turning the Western world mad. It's not God, that's Satan. So Breitbart News has reviewed an extensive trove of the um, National Association of Independent Schools as part of a queer inclusive curriculum. These are the private schools. Um, a nearly two hour long training workshop 
of the National Association of Independent Schools flagship conference in 2020, reviewed by Breitbart, features a discussion about how to talk to kids about gender, sexuality, and identity. And uh, I just, I'm going to play this, and it could be disturbing. So, with the younger children starting in pre-K, we talk about their bodies, about the parts that they were born with, um, about penises and vaginas, and whether that makes somebody a boy or a girl but also their feelings. What do they feel like inside? Do they feel like a boy or a girl? What does their head say? Does their head and their heart and their body match up with the- Wow. Let me tell you something. Any adult that wants to talk about your kid's private parts to your children is a Kindergartners don't need to know. They don't need to talk. Can, can you imagine being a kindergartner? I can literally put myself in that. To have a teacher talk about private parts we didn't need we didn't that talk about is molestation that by itself i'm turned out fine and we didn't need to know the proper names of of, of genitalia until high school let me just uh, you have something else to play go ahead yeah the the section also features a teacher talking about how she once drew from the wrong book and accidentally talked to children in pre-k about other things uh, deeper and as they uh, reacted in horror, stressing that teachers should be kind to yourself and in instances of error. And you know what? I'm not even going to play this because um, you get it. Uh, Seven-year-old children, grade two, the educator leading the lecture. Um, we'll just By second grade, we move on explicitly to gender identity and talk about it again in terms of your head and your heart and your body parts matching up and does that work for you what happens if it doesn't what are the other parts of you that have to do with your gender identity and what are the parts of you that don't and the kids draw wonderful self-portraits again um, but dealing with all aspects of their identity because when i was growing up Girls were told that they didn't have to, they could be anything. They could have their hair short. They could play sports. But now they're actually saying, you're a girl if you have long hair and want to wear dresses. And you're a boy. They're actually making those distinctions. Yeah. I think the other thing that I have issue with is we have e had evolved so far when it comes to women's rights and equality and all of that to saying it doesn't matter whether you are a male or whether you are a female, we shouldn't look at each other and see, well, I judge you based on your gender. We've come so far. Yeah, this is where it gets really intense and you need to know this is what's happening to your fifth graders. This is what they're explaining your fifth, uh, the fifth graders that you have internal and external things and hormones and chromosomes that can only be changed with a lot of effort. Starting in fifth grade, we start using the words for that, that sex is what you were born with. It's external and internal genitalia. It's hormones and chromosomes. Um, it, that's something that you can only change with a whole lot of effort. Um, gender identity is how you feel inside it's what you feel like in your heart and in your head just like the language that we used when they were younger but it's something personal it's something that's unique to you it's something that you get to decide gender expression is what you share with the world how you dress how you act what you're interested in what you put out there and that again is your choice it's something that you can change from day to day it's completely up to you sexual orientation 
is who you are emotionally and physically attracted to. And so that's how we talk about it with the kids and introduce them to it. Fifth grade is our big year. It's um, not that all of them aren't, um, but we do the reproductive system um, and puberty. Um, Fifth grade. The, we talk about gender identity specifically with the gender unicorn this time talking about things as a continuum. Um, for gender identity and expression, sex assigned at birth, who you're physically attracted to and who you're emotionally attracted to. So all those aspects. Fifth grade, who you're physically and emotionally attracted to. Fifth grade. This is grooming. This is child abuse. And we've actually done this on, done this on our show before. And then um, so I want to talk about some ways that you can set learning about sexuality in motion in preschool. And we all really have to do, all we have to do is really think about this topic the way we think about all other topics. We don't start in fourth and fifth grade with a complex subject. Um, and so the lecture goes, then goes on a list uh, to list potential parental concerns around teaching sexuality to children, which are dubbed Puritan speak. Puritan speak includes phrases like, that's my job. They're not ready. Um, what that's won't they lose their soon. innocence? Um, they're too young to know that. But what if my child isn't ready? You're just trying to put ideas in their heads. Breitbart of News uh, obtained materials reported in this story from a network called Undercover Mothers from across the country. Um, parents have been barred by many of these accredited schools across the country from involvement or knowledge in their children's uh, gender uh, ideology. Uh, an enrollment contract reviewed by Breitbart News explicitly states that parent guardian approval will not be a prerequisite for respecting the children's gender identity. Now, this is in private schools, and that's why uh, Lee and I are, are like, at this point, you have no choice but to homeschool your children. Mm -hmm. Okay? Even the Christian schools, even if they say that they're Christian schools, are not, there's, a, there's always a, a risk that this kind of grooming is happening to your child. And right. they are stealing from kids their innocence. When I think about this choice, right, it's not as if they're posing this, like, maybe you might want to be different. It's that you are, and you are required to choose you're, what you're you are. You're required to choose one. And you look at these whales here. Um, pansexual, bisexual, asexual, um, transgender gender fluid with deers and then ally turtle wow. so you're literally supposed to choose um so what's the pansexual a whale that is attracted to whales of all genders bisexual a whale that is attracted to whales of two genders Oh dear! Listen to this ally turtle. What's a gender? A, you have to eat, you have to be one of these. A turtle who identifies with their birth gender um, and is attracted to the opposite gender, but supports all whales and deer. Well, then you have to choose that one, right? Because I don't see, but there isn't like a regular. There's no other picture. No, you have to be a supporter. You and that and choice. that equal sign is what everybody uses everywhere. So you have to be the equal sign, right? This is brainwashing very, of the very highest nefarious. level. Um, I'm not going to go down. Do not scroll down. Graphic content um, and just showing kids how to do these other things. You know why they have to show the kids how to do other things? Because it's other not natural. things that don't come naturally to kids. Okay. Now we do have a Missouri 
attorney general, and I, I kind of wanted to bring, I brought over, I brought to you the foundation of how we're, how do we even get to the gender clinics in the first place? Yeah. Okay. So this is creating a lot of confusion and kids wanting to chop off body parts. Yeah. Okay. And so in Tennessee, there's hearings on it. We showed that with Matt Walsh. Praise God. People are fighting back. You have to know the, the, the victory of the fighting back because it's so evil. But the uh, attorney general, the previous attorney general is, was uh, friends with our dear friend, um, uh, Dr. Eric Naputi. And I, we wondered if the new attorney general would be just as strong because uh, I think his name was Eric Schmidt is now in the Senate. Well, praise God, we did something good. We got almost an even better attorney general if it's possible. I want... I want Missouri to be the safest state in the nation for children, which is why we are calling for an immediate moratorium on the transgender center at St. Louis Children's Hospital prescribing puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to any new patients. You've got the New York T Post here. Missouri Attorney General probing disturbing whistleblower claim that transgender clinics are harming hundreds of kids. Missouri's new Attorney General says that his office has been investigating disturbing allegations that a transgender center has been harming hundreds of children Every year, Andrew Bailey confirmed the probe Thursday after whistleblower Jamie Reed, 42, came forward with damning allegations about the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. A full investigation of these shocking allegations was launched two weeks ago. The office has already received a sworn affidavit from the whistleblower and documents that support her allegations. The university also said it was alarmed by the allegations that was taking this matter very seriously. Bailey, who was sworn in last month, has called the allegations disturbing. So wait, I had this this guy, this black guy is not the guy. No. Okay, so scroll down here. Here's the new attorney general. Yeah, so... Um, Let's get this. The AG noted her affidavit alleges staff use experimental drugs on children, distributing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones without individualized assessment, and even giving children these life-altering drugs without parental consent. Wow. It also included when a parent stated that they were revoking consent for such treatment. It also included that. That has led children to attempt suicide, but the center never discontinues prescribing cross-sex hormones, no matter how much those drugs are harming the child. The whistleblower also has provided documentary and evidence that the center has been unlawfully billing state taxpayers to fund these actions. Wow. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see any more uh, from her allegations, but I am... Um, Oh, I guess you can see this. Jamie Reed being sworn states. Let's see. From 2018 to 2022, she worked as a case manager. She thought she was helping kids. I was offered and accepted a job as a case manager. I support trans rights and firmly believe I would be able to provide good care for children at the center. Um, during my time at the center, I personally went to, witnessed center healthcare providers lie to the public and to parents of patients about the treatment or lack of treatment and the effects of treatment provided to the children at the center. I witnessed staff at the center provide puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to children without complete informed parental, parental consent and without an appropriate or accurate assessment of the needs of the child. I witnessed children experience shocking in injuries from the medication the center prescribed. I saw the center make no attempt or effort to track adverse outcomes of the patients. These are experimental and you don't want to know what happens to these kids. 
I raised concerns internally for years, but the doctors at the center told me to stop raising these concerns. Last fall, the center of the university administration told me to get with the program or get out because the center was unwilling to make any changes in response to my concerns. She left the center in November of last year. And accepted employment elsewhere at within Washington University. The center uh, tells the public and parents that it provides multidisciplinary care. The center says that you can come to the clinic and get transition hormones if that's needed, but you can get psychological and psychiatric care. That is not true. The center says that it has four practice areas, endocrinology, adolescent medicine, psychiatry, and uh, psychology. But the center placed such strict limits on psychiatry and psychology that I was almost never allowed to schedule patients for those practices. You would first go to talk to these kids about what goes on. Yo, mind, you are 13 years old. You might have had a bad day, okay? And you might be bullied. You might be wondering what's going on inside. These practices were advertised as available, but most of the time they were not in fact available. Even when psychology was available, it was only to write a letter of support for the medical transition treatments wow. and never for ongoing therapy. The psychiatry was allowed, but only on an extremely limited basis. Instead, I was required to schedule children for endocrinology or adolescent medicine. Rather than provide psychiatric or psychological therapy, these practices, endocrinology and adolescent medicine, would medically transition patients' gender. Endocrinology would pre- would prescribe puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. Adolescent medicine, which was for children after puberty, Mm. prescribed cross-sex hormones. Children were sent to one practice or the other based on their age and the state of puberty or pre-puberty. Take a breath. Let me read some comments here. Um, And wait, one more line just on that one sentence. There was no continuing or ongoing mental health evaluation or treatment required or provided to for the center patients. Nobody talked to them. Wow. Nobody talked to them. Uh, Anne says, we are going to need a whole lot of millstones. Very well said. Um, Linda says, this is a crime. Leave our children alone. The Viagra commercial, we're um, start of the... We're at the start of normalizing this crud. James says, these folks are just so relentless in their quest to create a world with more freaks. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Jack says, way too young for their minds. I'm going to read a little bit more. Uh, the center also claims that it has a multidisciplinary team approach. The benefit of that approach is supposed to be that patients and their parents can feel more confident that all the aspects of their care options have been considered and that their treatment plan has the input of all the team. The center did have members that would advocate for different options for the patients with concerning gender, gender histories, concerning co- comorbidities, and attempt to raise the serious concerns regarding patient care. Patients and their parents, however, were never informed that the team did not have consensus on the treatment. The staff members on the team that were not universally in support of immediate cross-sex hormones were not supported and were told not told to stop questioning the prevailing narrative of immediate cross-sex hormones for all by the prescribing uh, physicians. The administration at the university did not actively support the multidisciplinary model. So basically what she's saying is everybody was supposed to come together to agree that we need to do something physically to this child and it just didn't happen. Wow. (sighs) Wow. I agree back with the millstones. We're going to need a whole heck of a lot of millstones. And then she said nearly all the children who came to the center here presented with very serious mental health problems. Wow. Despite claiming to be a place where children could receive multidisciplinary care, 
um, the center uh, would not treat those with mental issues. Instead, children were automatically given puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones. Where's Waldo on DLive says they want a nation of no bodies, de-sexed, fixed, like dogs and cats. One patient came to the center, identifying as a communist, an attack helicopter, a human, a female, and maybe non-binary. The child was in very poor mental health and early on reported that they had no idea what their gender identity was. Rather than treat the child for their serious mental health problems, the center put the child on cross-sex hormones because you can become an attack helicopter and even a communist. You can actually become a communist if you change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you totally can. Um, and the, the child subsequently reported that their mental health actually was worsening. Most children who come to the center were assigned female at birth. Wow. And mm. that is what we're seeing with these kids with mental health issues. I thought it was going to be like in, in the news, you see these young boys who are turning into girls. But actually, being a girl is harder than being a boy. And becoming a girl is harder. And ask any parent. It's harder to raise um, in, in, in the emotional state as a teenager, okay? Because girls get a little bit crazy because I, I truly believe the girls' hormones are a little bit different than boys' hormones. I think that it's, it's a different kind of hard. It's emotionally hard to be a girl. For to be a boy, it's not as emotionally hard. You're excited. You got all these new things happening. I'm growing this. I got a mustache. I'm really happy. And as a girl, you're like, what is happening to me? Right. And so these girls are coming with autism. You should never, ever, 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 ever do anything to an autistic child. ADHD, depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma histories, being sexually abused. OCD, and serious eating disorders. Rather than treat those conditions, the doctors prescribe puberty blockers. This is what's really sad because when I was a kid, um, it was just now coming up that people, psychologists and psychiatry addressed mental issues. Yeah. And the fact, addressed depression. And we saw that addressing depression with medication was incredibly dangerous, Right. But now they're addressing depression by chopping your body parts off. Yeah. And listen, the ultimate of it, and I, Leah, we could go into this. We've got a lot left to do and we got to kind of wrap things up. But the ultimate of this is it is satanic and it is the devil. And the, so how do we cure it? Okay. By bringing the power of God. That is how we're going to cure society. That's how we're going to fix things. And I do want to tell you guys that Lee and I are going to be starting a new series called Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. And I want you to be geared up for that starting February 22nd um, is going to be our first night for that. And everything that you thought that you knew about where we are at, because when you talk about these kinds of things, it makes people think like, well, these must be the last days. Look how bad it is. I'm telling you what, we are about to expand the kingdom of God in such a way like you've never seen. And we are going to put this kind of disgusting, demonic debauchery back into the pit of hell where it belongs. We are, Christ is coming back for a pure and spotless bride, a victorious church. We're not going to be defeated by this. We just have to actually stand up and do something you, about it. You got to read some more. You guys can look this up with the uh, from the New York Post article. But what I'm seeing is a, a really horrible mental health crisis in teenagers. Yeah. Um, 
It goes back to the public school system. One patient uh, abused, sexually abused animals, so they crushed, they, they, they turned their gender around. Um, another patient um, was sexually abused, but they didn't even talk about the sexual abuse. They didn't yeah. help no. a sexually abused child. Because they have an agenda, and it looks good for their program. It looks good on paper. It looks good for numbers to be... Um, this is one of the worst ones. The patient said that they were going to self-harm their genitals, but they did not have any trans identity or or incongruent gender identity, but they just were going to harm the, I, I, like they suicide, to harm like their cutting. body. Yeah. And so they were just placed on hormones. And you would be, you would harm your body if you had been molested. A lot of people feel that way. So yeah, that's yeah. just awful. I know a lot of people, this is a lot, this is really hard subject for a lot of people to listen to, but it, it's something that we need to be aware of so that we can pray about it. And so that we can make the decisions that we need to make as a whole society to put it to a stop. Yeah. Right. Kids, whether it's food, education, video games, molestation, pornography on the Internet. I mean, you name it. Mom's not being at home. Got out of the schools like it is way harder to become an adult in this world today than it has ever been. OK, they are doing everything that they possibly can to confuse children. All right. So um, I'm going to wrap up the show. Do you have anything else that you want to say? No. I could go on. You have any other articles? I cannot believe. I I personally just cannot believe. Like one kid came in (laughs) identifying as blind, even though the child could see. We sort of need to just do a whole show. And the child also identified as transgender, but they were like, oh, it's so. They they identified the blindness as a a mental disorder because he's not blind. You can see. But the other one, okay, you're transgender. We're going to change. Wicked Psych says, what is going on with these doctors? Does their oath mean nothing anymore? Absolutely. Patriot Gallery says it's medieval. It's the dark it's ages. Medieval. She says girl gain, girls gain weight and they become anorexic. All medical schools are pharma and witchcraft. So anyone who goes into the med- medical school becomes kind of a, some sort of murdering, experimenting witch or witch, wizard. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Anne says, get into the word and listen to that still small voice. He is there in all of us waiting for us um, to hear. Amen. I love when our viewers, when we do something hard and they bring it back to the God for us. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I know there was a lot of really cool stuff on your Twitter feed that we didn't get to, and that's okay. No, we're good. Um, all right, you guys, this week, if you want to watch the State of the Union address, we covered it live, so you can go back and check that out. Um, and you can also watch the um, show we did on Wednesday exposing the fact that it looks like the United States really did bomb the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and taking credit for that. Now, before we go anywhere, I don't want anybody to leave because I have a kind of interesting announcement that we've never done before on our show before. Uh, For years, I have told you guys about our web guy, Jay, who has given us free web hosting for six years. Mm-hmm. He has been there for us through the thick and the thin. Everything that you see on resistancechicks.com is um, because Jay, he, he literally came to me and he said, you guys need a website and I'm going to help you make it happen. And so everybody that visits our website, they love it. They think it's super interactive. They like all the categories and, and everything. We wouldn't have this if Jay has not devoted so many hours and love and support into this. Now, the reason why I bring Jay up is because his main website here, I'm going to show it to you. It's called Clan Wars. What he normally does is web hosting for gamers, okay? 
but he is a Christian. He's a man of God and he's a patriot. And he has it on his heart for, for God to make a Christian web hosting site called the Patriot Channel. And he had partnered with um, or, or attempted to partner with someone. And in that partnership, they said something that he was like, I can't align myself with these people. So just yesterday morning, he sent me a text message and he said, please pray for me. Send out a little prayer. I said, not a big, not a little prayer. I'm going to pray a big prayer. Then he messaged me later and he said, I had to walk away from that deal because this person said this, this thing that did not align. It was, it felt anti-American and I'll never sell out my country. Then he messaged me today and he said, I am looking for a Christian partner to go into the, to, to create the Patriot channel, to create a web hosting service for, um, People like Leah and I, your favorite podcasters, anybody that has a Christian business, anybody that wants a Christian website, right? And he wants to be able to host that. And he has a whole packet of ideas. And it's come down to the wire because he had aligned with this one company. And now he's only got 48 hours left before the lights go out on him because he had invested so much in here and was like, for conscience sake, I have to walk away. So he said to me, Michelle, and I've, we've already kind of reached out to several different avenues that, that did not come through. So if you are out there and this sounds like something that you want to partner, this isn't like a partnership, like a whole bunch of people. I'm talking about an individual where maybe you've already had your heart in this direction. You're an IT person. This sounds like something that you would like to financially partner with because that's what he's needing. He's needed a financial backer here, a uh, partner in doing this. Send me a private email, massfaith33 at gmail.com, and I will put you in contact with him. You can also go to Clan Wars. That's with a Z.com. His information is there as well. He is top notch. He is. He's the best of the best at what he does. And just a cursory glance of that website and its back end will show you how good he is at what he does. Okay. So we call him our web guy, but that's really like I don't even know what the comparison would be, you know, to, to call somebody that. So I just wanted, I told him, I said, listen, we've reached out to all the different people that we can reach out to, to see if anybody's interested in this over the past several months. And he thought he found somebody to partner with. And so we kind of let that, that drop. And I said, the last thing that I can do is reach out to the resistance chicks family and see if there's anybody where in your spirit, you're like, no, that's, I've had that on my heart. And this sounds like it may be a fit. You can just have a conversation. So I want to encourage you guys, if there's if there's one of you out there, just just one person, um, I'm not asking for donations. We're not asking, mean, this is not a plea for somebody to do a thing, right? Because Lee and I only do things if it's God. So what I'm saying is, if you feel like this is God, not if you feel like you should because it's the right thing because you're going to be helping somebody, yada, yada, yada. That's not what we're asking. This has to be the right fit. And maybe it boils down to this day was the day that we were finally supposed to say it because there's this one person out there that was supposed to be listening. All of us have to have a, a, a web hoster and Jay's the best. No, he is absolutely the best. And we're going to have to actually move to a different web hoster yeah. um, because it, because of this. So I just wanted to to kind of let you guys know that that's out there. we're all about Patriot businesses. Yes. If we're going to be, 100%. why not? If all of us have to have our websites hosted somewhere, now why did it be a Patriot one? Right, exactly. Um, Linda says, who is this? I'm an IT person. Well, Linda, what we're looking for is not somebody to help him. We He literally needs a business partner, financial backer, somebody that can come in with some money and, and help get this build, help get this off the ground. Help him build um, the Patriot. And he's been doing this for 20 years. And Clan Wars is a website that he has poured his 
like life and soul into, right? He's not a beginner. He's not a newbie, right? That's not what this is. He's really top notch and very, very experienced. And he's also a veteran. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. Now, last but not least, I, I would be remiss if I did not advertise uh, once again this week for um, Old School Survival Bootcamp. <laughs> I want you guys to join us. Let me turn that down a little bit. May 12th through the 14th here in Ocking Hills, Ohio. Come in, there's 140 classes where you can learn how to do anything, survival, prepping, homesteading, whatever. Use promo code RESISTANCECHICKS and it'll give you a $12 savings there. So visit resistancechicks.com, click on the banner in the upper right-hand corner, all the information that you need My pillow is right there. Pillow. My pillow has a brand new pillow. Everybody's excited about this new My Pillow. I wanna get the pillow so that I can try it. try it out and tell you guys for sure. That it's awesome, but I'm telling you it looks awesome. It does look awesome. And I'm telling you the pillow that I have right now is already awesome. So if, if if all they're doing is improving the outer shell, which it could it could it could use a little bit of improvement, you know what I mean? It's just a it's a thin regular pillow covering, right? Just regular. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. But I have the mattress topper that has that this nice covering that they've now used on the new pillow. And I think they had to make it thicker so they could insert their climate-controlled whatever. Maybe it's already on the um, mattress topper. I don't know. I'll that tell I love you the mattress what. Topper. We're going to get the pillows, and we'll let you guys know how We're it We're going to get the pillows. So go to MyPillow.com forward slash RC and use promo code RC and support Mike Lindell. Try out the new pillows. Valentine's Day is coming up. It's not too late. Here's what we do with gifts sometimes. Yeah. We will, let me, we'll get to that in a second. We will print out a picture of something we've purchased yep. and put it in a card. Mm -hmm. You need to get your wife. You can print out a picture of this. I'm telling you, she will love you forever for the flawless face serum. Okay. Organicbodyessentials.com. Their products. Vicky has prayed. She prays. She prays over the products. God literally has given her these things. And here's the difference. We're talking about pharmaceutical and alchemy. Yeah. But these are things that come from the earth. Yep. There's no chemical, like, the, the, the things you can literally, she says every product that she has, you can eat. Right? Yeah. Red raspberry, calendula, jojoba, frankincense, holichrysium, myrrh, tea tree, carrot seed, rosemary extract. And the right? best of the best. Literally, you could eat, like, you could eat this stuff. Okay. Yep. All right, you guys, join us on Sunday for our wellness show. We will be covering the turkey earthquake. <laughs> okay, we will be talking. Finally, we're going to get to that. There are some amazing stories coming out of that, right? Like miracle stories. Hero, yeah. Hero stories. So we're going to focus a lot on that. All right, you guys, we love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we will see you this Sunday, 1.30 Eastern Standard Time for our world news. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And then next week, you never know what happens, but we're going to be praying for you and we love you. And we're so glad that you're here as a part of the Resistance Chicks family. God bless, guys. Oh, my God.